hello and welcome everyone to the first comic multiverse of 2021 and yet for some weird reason my camera has decided to go really fucking old school and sepia tone for no goddamn reason you're one of them hipsters joe you're you're, you're doing something different something creative you know, I just I feel, you know, in our technological age where, you know, people are so concentrated on high definition and pixel and frame rates. You know, I'm, just, I'm just different, you know, I'm just a different guy. No, this is just a camera fuck up for some reason. I tried unplugging it. I tried turning it on and off. I don't know why it's doing this. And we said we were going to have a live show at 10, so we're having a live show at 10. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it, it did go okay for a little bit, and then it would, like, just turn over into sepia. It just wants you to be in sepia. Yeah, if I recall, this happened to us literally once before, and it just kind of fixed itself at a point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Lord willing, it'll just freaking fix itself at some point, <laughs> and this won't be a problem anymore. We can only have here. What if, what if I tap it? If I tap it, does anything happen? No. No, no nothing, nothing happens when I tap it. Apparently, this isn't an old freaking rabbit ears television where if I just smack it, it'll get back to normal. Yeah. Do you, does your does your webcam have have an antenna? You got to like position it. Uh, get a get a little tin foil on there and everything. You know. <laughs> Again, I've had this Logitech camera forever now, and maybe this should be something I should get in the new year—a new camera. Yeah, I've had mine for a while, and I've been looking at trying to upgrade thing. I'm I'm trying to set up my DSLR as my webcam. I wanted to do that because I've got too, all the I... cables and everything and I've, I've just got to like figure out how to get it to work I got it to work the other day but it like kept cutting in and out so I think it's got like one of those goddamn HDMI lock things you know that the the capture cards have yeah I definitely wanted to get one of those for myself too for the same reasons but yes everyone it's our first live podcast episode of 2021 uh, it's going to be a little different uh, as far as shows go. We, of course, got all the comic book news that you love and crave and have been interested in. But uh, we're also going to talk about Wonder Woman. And then after that, uh, I thought it would be fun if Matt and I went through some of our favorite things of 2020. It might have been a garbage fire of a year, but you know what? There were still some bright spots in there, and dang now, but we're going to talk about them. <laughs> yeah, we absolutely are. Mostly all to. the TV we watched. <laughs> yeah, all the TV and, like, some of the movies we saw at home. Yeah, because there was sweet fuck all else to do. <laughs> so there you go. So I guess with that, uh, we can hop into some news stories uh, from this week. And I guess technically from two weeks, because Matt and I took our regularly scheduled holiday vacation, which we don't do very often. But boy, boy, it was nice sleeping in, wasn't it, Matt? And there only being a couple comics to have to cover every week. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good. I like it. If only it could come around more than once a year. <laughs> Seriously, like for comic book YouTubers, the time between Christmas and New Year is as close as we get to actual time off. Yeah, yeah, that's where everyone sort of just goes away. There's like only a handful of comics out every week. There was still quite, still quite a few comics, but you know, it was a lot less than what we usually have to deal with. And some of it you could thankfully ignore, which normally you can't ignore. Yeah. So uh, I guess our first big piece of news here is uh, actually building on an old piece of news, and that is, hey, you know that Robert Pattinson Batman movie we got coming out, part of a new Batman series? Mm-hmm. Well, apparently it's not the only one, says the head <laughs> of, uh, what is it, Warner Brothers. Yeah, the head of DC Films, Walter Hamada. Yeah. 
Apparently, we're getting a whole other different Batman franchise, but this one is going to be solely for the app. And again, he didn't specify, like, oh, isn't he talking about, like, that Gotham yeah. cop TV show? Is this related to that? No, it's a completely new, completely different thing. And I'm like, oh, did you all get really fucking frightened about the fact that you may not be able to put movies out again for another year? So, like, get a Batman for the app. It sounds like a combination of that. Uh, consider they did that thing with Warner Brothers where they announced, like, all their movies are now going to be on their app as well as in the cinema. Um, it sounds like a combination of that plus DC's usual. We're just going to announce all of these things that you're probably never going to see 90% of. Yeah, before we even got the bull rolling mm-hmm. rolling on them, we're just going to fucking announce them. Mm-hmm. What a weird thing to do. I, I, I'm old enough to remember, and I sure, I'm sure you are too, back in the time when DC and Warner Brothers was terrified at the idea of having any two things going at the same time that mm-hmm. were even remotely similar. The, the embargoes, the, 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 the bat embargoes. It stopped the, Batman being in, in goddamn Smallville, which is why we got Green Arrow. Yeah. Yeah, the very famous Bat Embargo that also affected the Justice League cartoon show, too, mm-hmm. which is why they were never allowed to go back and reference anything that happened in that show. Yeah, yeah. To think that they were so militaristic about it and so on board with it, and now they're just like, fuck it, have as many Batmans as we want. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's, yeah, it's starting to sort of show that, because obviously we've got, we've got that Superman show starting next month. We've yes. got... Um, bruce wayne appearing in season two of batwoman uh which could lead to obviously batman in that show as well yeah so it yeah it seems like they've realized oh we can do this now we can have these characters on tv now and it actually be pretty good yeah people people like batman and we can put him places mm-hmm. uh it's uh it's funny too this also coming on the back of the bigger piece of news there from dc comics and i guess what we can now take to mean across their whole multimedia line this omniverse concept that is like hey we did crisis and they did spider-verse and fans seem to be smart now so maybe we can have multiple conflicting superheroes of the same type yeah yeah and uh yeah they they basically said their their movies are not gonna gonna be in a in a shared universe mainly because they they fucked it up and they don't know yeah that that's probably the biggest thing behind it's like we don't know where batman's gonna be successful again maybe we'll get three more movies out of this guy maybe we won't but boy people sure seem to like streaming television now because they can't go to theaters and can't do anything so you know there's also the fact that all of these plans could just immediately change when like say say pattinson's batman is like a huge fucking hit and probably will be so yeah. it's a huge fucking hit and they they'll immediately change this like oh we're not doing that now this is our universe this is our batman now we're yes. not doing any other batman this is it that was a weird experiment pay no attention to that yeah this also uh, hamada didn't stop there either he talked about some other stuff too saying that the app would be home for more riskier dc properties and ideas and he was sure to name check both batgirl and static shock which left a lot of people to rightly think oh so the woman and the black man are risky is what you're saying uh, yeah but we could have as many batmans as we want <laughs> well not only that i i found it funny that he thought a batgirl and static shock were risky like yeah. batgirl like she's tied to batman tied to jim gordon all these you know yeah. she's like the least riskiest thing Shoot static shock is very very fucking popular and would be an absolutely topical hero at, at this oh, yeah. point in time oh, yeah. there's People nothing risky about it 
no, people have been asking for Static yeah. forever, and in fact, it's also kind of a fuck you to the comic people. It's like, oh, Static is really risky and everything. Aren't they bringing back the Dakotaverse right now in the comics, yeah. and you're calling it risky? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's risky. I don't know, man. I just I just don't know about this thing. And I'm like, well, it's nice to know that the new head of DC and Warner Brothers films can still fuck it up just like the last guard. <laughs> that that was the best tweet I saw about this too. I don't know who said it, so I can't give proper credit, but they said something to the effect of really, you're doing two Batman at the same time now. Motherfucker, how about you make one good movie first? Yeah. Yeah, just make one good film that does really well at the box office and you know, everyone likes it. And then just go from there. Stop doing too much at once. There you go. Your wording was better. Make one good movie that makes a lot of money. Because I still hold up Shazam. Best one they did. Yeah. Not a huge moneymaker for them, unfortunately. Though it is yeah. getting a sequel, which is good. Yeah, maybe the sequel might be this big movie that they need. <laughs> I certainly, certainly hope so. But uh, yeah, so I hope I hope you like Batman, everyone, because your Bat Cup completely runneth over my my question is is that because you know we've seen what this pattinson movie is going to look like and okay you're doing you're doing seven you're doing again ultra realistic batman and everything Mm -hmm. what could they do for the app that could really like excite you what's something like totally different that they could do to help differentiate them um well see that's the thing like i don't know like is this going to be like a companion like a companion show to that gotham one but then the gotham one's kind of a companion to this batman film so they said yeah like yes because then yeah i have not sure i i say just like go do full comic craziness batman right yeah you know, like he's again, got all the fucking one. gadgets and bat trains and all the shit from tynan's early run absolutely i mean you know i'm sure this will be crass and cliche to say at this point but just mandalorian up batman have really strong one and done episodes <laughs> Yeah. where Bruce has to do something and fights a villain of the week. He only has all the best villains of the week. Yeah, yeah, do something. Maybe do something with, like, the Black Case book or something. So it makes it yeah. like a like a weekly sort of one and done. Each yeah. each week is a different case or something. How about we go full detective on it? How about we really concentrate on Batman trying to solve mysteries? Well, I think that's what the Reeves movie's doing. At least that's what yeah, it's implied by, like, like, the it. trailers and everything. Again, it's, hey, we saw the movie Seven. We really like Seven. Mm -hmm. So we're going to do that. And I'm like, hey, man, I like Seven, too, and I like Batman. So, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Works for me. Uh, Hey, maybe uh, Batman uh, could find uh, a little uh, orphan boy, uh, maybe from a circus or something, and carry him (laughs) around. And if you you love Baby Yoda, you're going to love Baby Robin. (laughs) An actual baby. (laughs) An actual baby. That's how young. He's literally a trapeze baby when Batman (laughs) finds him. (laughs) And that's what we do from there. Yeah, I I think there's a lot of ways you could go for Batman on television. I mean, like, shit, people loved that Daredevil show. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if it was literally just Batman in there, I'm sure people would love that, too. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Jaden has a good one there. Dick Grayson, age 12. Yes, that's what they should do. They should just do crazy-ass Frank Miller Batman. (laughs) Where he is just undeniably the bad guy in his own show. (laughs) Hey, stupid, gonna eat some rats in the cave. (laughs) Painting himself yellow so Green Lantern can't get at him. (laughs) That's what we need. Instead of, like, super dickery from the old, like, Golden Age comics, it needs to be, like, Batman dickery. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Oh, get Will Arnett back and put him in the costume. (laughs) (laughs) 
Because, I mean, he's a pretty good, you know, bat dickery. I rewatched the second Lego movie there with uh, him in it as Batman. I'm like, oh, his Batman's really good in his own way. He is. He's a really good Batman. Like, his his Lego Batman film was really damn good. To think he got his own kind of Batman trilogy from that first Lego movie to the solo Batman movie to the second Lego movie, which references the Batman movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Batman eat shit world. Yeah, I'm kind of cool with that one as well. That's, <laughs> that's his new. That. That's his new uh, like motto. <laughs> it used to be I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. <laughs> now it's eat Batman shit. eat shit. <laughs> eat shit and die. <laughs> Again, they can do the Batman we've been pitching forever, where it's just him doing like donuts on his motorcycle <laughs> in the graveyard. <laughs> My parents. <laughs> Just a maladjusted weirdo. I'm fine with that. <laughs> so, yeah, there's your Batman news. Oh, I guess, too, if we're talking about stuff Hamada said, we would be remiss to not bring this up, and I'll let you take this one, uh, Matt. <laughs> what what did he say about Zack Snyder's uh, DC film franchise and about all of uh, the stuff that he'd been doing? I, I believe he called it a cul-de-sac. It was a street that leads nowhere, so yes, it, it, nothing's happening with that. A creative cul-de-sac, which is the most polite and, you know, refined way of saying, nah, nah. And of, and of course, it was just by sheer coincidence, uh, I, 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 like I think the day after or, or the two days after that, uh, Ray Fisher came out and said Hamada's an evil person as well. Of course. Oh, of gee, course I wonder why. <laughs> Jeez, you know, I'm not saying someone has, you know, completely... Uh, what is it, hitched their ship to someone else's, I'm just saying. <laughs> if I were to say that, which I'm not, it just, you know, it kind of looks that way, doesn't it? <laughs> also, again, to, you know, not to, you know, uh, what is it, uh, crack too much wise about how this man is running his corporation, his division, didn't, didn't you just give him a bunch of money to finish that movie? Now you're saying it's a creative cul-de-sac that goes nowhere. Again, because of those comments, it feels like that money was a goddamn, like, severance pay. Like, right. th- here, take this money, do your film, and then fuck off. <laughs> Leave me alone. Is this, or is this the ultimate buyer's remorse where it's like, I spent how much on that? Why? And it's how many hours? And they're doing what? <laughs> Why did I need 70 million to fix a film that people had been telling me for four years was already finished? <laughs> yeah, really, yeah hey guys it's like he's just figuring it out now like he just got <laughs> done like a big booze and coke bender he's like why why did i spend seven million dollars on this what <laughs> who who signed my name on these reports no that was me oh damn <laughs> well shit can i get it back no fuck <laughs> well, i guess we gotta roll with it then <laughs> But no, I, I, no joke, I legitimately love Hamada, though, because he says shit like this all the time. He's becoming my favorite person to read interviews from. He doesn't seem to have a filter, which is kind of in, kind of interesting for a guy, like, in charge of all that. Usually they're pretty PR heavy. This guy just, yeah. just says shit. <laughs> yeah, he's like, wait, what? It's like he says stuff, and then, like, if he's in the room, what? What'd I say? Why is everyone freaking out? What did I do? <laughs> Can you believe I'm the president of this company? Can you believe they put me in charge of this division? I can't. I won it in a poker game. (laughs) That's the thing where it's like, hey, how did you get to be in charge of this company? Oh, I caught a leprechaun. And instead of a pot of gold, he made me the president of this film division. I found a monkey's paw. (laughs) A magic wishing rock (laughs) that I could become the head of this division, but I could only say what I mean at all times. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, that uh, that bit in Wonder Woman 84 is actually uh, a biography. That's actually me. That actually happened. <laughs> I like that too. Hamada, what have I done? That's on his business cards. <laughs> oh, good shit. All right, so there's your Batman DC associated app news, everyone. But believe it or not, we actually got more. We do. Uh, some Spider-Man stuff uh, coming down the pipeline now. Hey, Matt, did you hear Spider-Man is getting a new costume? I did, and it looks fucking awful. Yeah, I'm sure it'll stick around just as long as Metal Spider-Man or FF Spider-Man or Cyborg Spider-Man or any of the other flash-in-the-pan costumes he had. The only other costume he had that did great and people really enjoyed was the black suit, which is why he mm -hmm. still brings that out every so often. Yeah, the, I think this suit is just going to be, like, maybe just for the issue that the cover is for, which is, oh, like, yeah. 68 or something. Yeah. This is... 100% the artistic equivalent of clickbait. Hey, everyone, look at Spider-Man. He's got a new hat. I mean, a new costume. Yeah, he'll use it in the issue and then probably never see it again. It'll go next to, like, uh, the Spider-Hunter outfits and all yep. these things, yeah. What did someone say on Twitter saying this costume is the equivalent of when you pass it in the video game? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. Ooh, Scarlet Spider. Ooh, let me get one of the ones I like. <laughs> Again, I'm sure this means nothing. I'm sure this will amount to nothing. I'm sure just the fact that people were talking about it and sharing it, it, it served its purpose. That's oh, literally yeah. the only reason they did it. This feels like this was put together by a committee where it's like, what can we do that will get people interested in talking about this shit? Yeah, well, and we didn't even get like, uh, we only saw the cover for it. We didn't even yeah. get like what the story is. So yeah, it's, it's probably absolutely just like a, a one and done story based oh, yeah. suit. 100%. I do like the orange accents, though, and I liked the orange accents when Batman had them, too. People people hate putting more orange on costumes, see, but I am all about orange See, I costumes. don't like the orange accents on Spider-Man. If they were red, I could understand, because it's like, mm. again, it's like assets from his original costume. The blue's right. there, the red should be there as well. True enough, yeah. If it was red, it'd be kind of fine, but yeah, maybe a bit too much white as well. Yeah, hey, Photoshop guys, get in there and fix that up. <laughs> I, I talked about the FF Spider-Man suit, yet ironically, I actually really like the FF Spider-Man suit. There is something about that suit. There it's is, sleek. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, whereas this one's like an armor. Which is funny that, you know, it's like Spider-Man works because he's so simplistic, and yet the black suit is great and the FF suit is great, and they have basically almost no color. He's basically <laughs> just boiled down to a logo. Yeah, yeah. But then again, that also speaks to how freaking strong the logo is. Yeah. Yeah, everyone knows what it means. Absolutely. Uh, Zeke, our uh, resident uh, tokusatsu fan there, is making a Power Rangers comparison. Yeah, yeah, I see it now. You're right. Absolutely. He looks like an SPD Ranger now that you mention it. Yeah, kind of. I see it now. Yeah, yeah, he looks like uh, not the orange cat ranger you got, but like the janitor who had like a fever dream where he imagined himself as the orange <laughs> ranger. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> That's the one. So uh, their Spider-Man suit, I'm sure we won't be talking about it. But again, everyone blew up about it on the internet, so we had to mention it. Yeah. <clears throat> now, uh, hey, speaking of tokusatsu, actually, this is a beautiful segue. Uh, Marvel's Ultraman series is going to be getting a sequel. Apparently, it did well enough under Kyle Higgins that they're bringing it back, which is great news because that hopefully means we'll see more weird-ass pairings like that, this. That's great news. I've been reading the the issues as they come out, and they, they're really damn good. I really enjoy them. And, they, yeah, it kind of made sense it was going to be you're going to get another series because this first series is literally all just like his origin 
And I imagine once issue five comes out very soon, I think it's just going to end with him like, oh, it's he's Ultraman now. Now he can go and, you know, beat the shit out of Godzilla and all this shit. <laughs> and have cool ass adventures, which, hey, you know, I am all about all of that. Mm-hmm. And they mentioned and, the multiverse uh, in it, so he could easily come they? over into, yeah, they mentioned like different dimensions and stuff. Well, there you go. That's come over into and work. fight the Avengers as the chat uh, is saying there too he should go to that spider-man japanese spider-man tv universe so he can fight <laughs> leopardin and japanese spider-man <laughs> oh my god does marvel own the rights to that shit because that would be pretty crazy to have they Ultraman were in fight, like the iron cross army they were in uh was it spider-geddon one of those spider events recently that's true so i guess they do own the rights to it then yeah I wondered if that was like a leasing deal with the TV company or not. But I think this is super cool that the Marvel Universe now includes Ultraman and Predator and Alien and Conan. What else could it possibly uh, have? <laughs> Alien, which is actually starting its run soon. Yeah, so they're saying. You, you, you gotta wonder, too, if somewhere in the Marvel offices they're talking about like other beloved IP that they could possibly buy up. They're like, how much would it cost for us to get G.I. Joe? Hey, we had Transformers back in the day. How much do you think it would cost for us to get Transformers? <laughs> yeah, hey, we just got 20th Century Fox. Like, what, what do they own? Mm, true enough. You know they're probably eyeing, like, Robocop and Judge Dredd, too, while they're at it. Who owns Robocop? That's a good question. I thought I knew the answer. That Dark Horse put the comics out, or they used yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. But again, I think that might have been a similar licensing deal with whoever owned it. Because I mean, Same if if, if we can get RoboCop comics, have goddamn Neil Blomkamp come in and do his RoboCop oh. Returns movie that never that got cancelled. Have him oh. do a comic book ab- adaptation of it. Uh, yeah, IDW and uh, 2000 AD, which of course still owns Judge Dredd, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they're not giving that up. <laughs> no, no, that's their fucking bread and butter. They are the Judge Dredd house. <laughs> they have literally nothing else, I'm sure, if not for Judge Dredd. He's been keeping the lights on there at that company since <laughs> forever. Uh, so yeah, good on good on Ultraman, good on Tokusatsu. It's a good uh, good time to be a fan of all of these things. Absolutely, I'm really looking forward to this next series. It's called, it's called the Trials of the Ultraman. Mm, I like it. Uh, now next up, we got some Batman comic news for you, and uh, this involves the future fate of Damian Wayne. Of course, if you read Detective Comics this week, or I guess last week again, time fucking bleeds. this week, yeah, last week, it's all the same. Uh, if you read the last Detective Comics, you would know that he basically makes peace with his father batman but ultimately chooses not to become robin again he actually Mm -hmm. gives the r back and uh, the question is well what's the future gonna hold for him what's he gonna become what's his fate gonna be well if you want to hear about that you can read a series of new backup stories by joshua williamson in the tyne and batman book yeah that's pretty cool i that's one thing i'm liking about infinite frontier they're bringing back the backup Mm -hmm. stories Backup stories are good. Sometimes they can be even better than the main story. And yeah, yeah, certain characters I don't think can hold up a main solo series, as Damien has showed with his last several solo series. But come on, a backup in a Batman book, that's pretty dope. And I hope if it gets popular enough, we can get an actual book called Batman and Robin again. Yeah, well, and considering, um, like, Tynan has, like, a huge plan, I could see that story feeding back into Tynan, and then Tynan takes back over and then goes back to Williamson. And then oh, vice, vice versa. Yeah. Uh, he's also going to be keeping that, like, black kung fu costume for a little mm-hmm. bit longer and have no code name. Yeah. Yeah, he's just... I, I imagine he will, he'll have a code name. We'll get a new oh, code sure name. 
we, uh, we uh, I think we toyed around in this in a previous episode what his new code name should be and what his gimmick should be. I think we did. I can't remember though. <laughs> I know we talked about so many. I said, uh, what was it in the uh, Benjamin Percy Teen Titans book, which was short lived, unfortunately, because it was actually really good. We found out that Damien had a cousin uh, who was like Talia's brother's daughter. Mm -hmm. And she had kind of like a cool Japanese Oni thing going on. I'm like, oh, he should steal that and he should be Oni. That should be his thing. (laughs) That would be a good one. Uh, Renegade, which was an old Nightwing uh, thing (laughs) that he used when he went undercover. Uh, I thought it would be fun. He should bring back the Renegade identity because he is literally the Renegade of the Bat family. Do you do you think he's gonna he's gonna fall back in with like uh League of Assassins and stuff and his like mother would, and everything? That would be weird but kind of interesting if they made him a villain. Or yeah. not like a villain, but more well, of like an anti hero. I could I could see him maybe thinking because it's fucking Damian Wayne, I could see him thinking maybe he could try and take over the the League of Assass- Assassins mm. uh from Raish and because uh, he thinks he can run it better or something and he maybe he tries to take them over or something mm. comes the new demon's head or something that could be really interesting i would definitely uh re- i was gonna say watch that i'll definitely read that uh what did someone else say someone pitched the name prodigal which i quite enjoyed i'm like mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's like oracle but like prodigal son from the bible yeah i dig that that's a fun code name yeah that's a cool one I think someone else just said demon, like he could just be kid yeah. demon or something. And I'm like, that fits with his family. Yeah, I'd like it. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of places they could go with him. Yeah, that'd, that'd be cool. I'm, I'm intrigued to see what Joshua Williamson is going to do with him. Mm. Yeah, because obviously he's a guy with a lot of big ideas and, you know, has shown to really, he's, you know, have the love. He's like the architect of Infinite Frontier. In a lot of ways, yeah. And he's I like behind that, that uh, Zero issue, and he's like spearheading all the yeah, stuff yeah. that's happening after Death Metal. and Yeah, he's uh, he's on the rise, and I like that about him because he turned in a lot of work we really enjoyed. I wonder, because he was writing the Flash book, and the Flash book basically gave Damien justification for being such an asshole mm-hmm. ever since Super Sons broke up, and that is that Reverse Flash was whispering in his ear <laughs> and making him do things. I wonder, do you think we'll see that come back in this Damien story? Well, s- See, I, I would like it to find Damien find out that it was the Reverse Flash. But the pro- the problem with that is is that Damien would try and stop him. But the thing is, Reverse Flash doesn't actually exist anymore because right. of how how uh, Finish Line ended. He he technically does as Eobard Thorn, but Reverse Flash as a villain doesn't exist. But it, yeah. it would be pretty fun to 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 have Damien go on this huge adventure only to find out uh, Flash fixed it all anyway. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, I'm going to kill Eobard Thawne. Too late, he's already not reverse Flash more. Fuck. <laughs> well, I guess I can't do that then. I guess I need to go do something else. <laughs> but uh, yeah, good uh, good on that. I'm excited for the Damien book. And uh, again, hey, we talked about Tynan and all the big plans he has for 2021 after Future State. Well, one of those books as we discovered, finally has a name, and that is a Joker solo series, which is going to be like a sibling book to the Batman book. Yeah, and it's got a pretty damn cool premise. Yes, it does. We, we the, the It's Joker, he's like on the run from after the events of uh, Joker War, mm. and he's being hunted by Jim Gordon across the world, and Jim Gordon is like set to retire. And this is yeah. like his last big like case he wants to finish before he retires. 
which I love that, making Jim Gordon the main character of a series. And obviously, this is also probably going to bring in everything that's happening with Punchline and Bluebird uh-huh. and Clown Hunter and everything else that tied in set up. We also see Bane in the background, because mm-hmm. at the end of Joker War, Bane said, I'm going to fucking kick your ass. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Again, that was that a reference to uh, Tynan speaking through Joker about about uh, what Tom How King did. His- <laughs> Yeah, how dumb City of Bane was and how I literally <laughs> did the same thing you did, but better. <laughs> also, uh, Joker's still missing an eye because he got shot in the eye at the mm-hmm. end of that other series, which is fun. Yeah. Cyclops Joker, big boss Joker. <laughs> Time to bring the Ha legend back I'm, to life. I'm, I'm kind of like upset because in the art, uh, he's just got it stitched across. I was kind of hoping he'd have it like stitched in like a smiley face or oh, something. Missed opportunity. Or a ha or something. Yeah, like or is that too close to damaged? <laughs> mm, I guess that is a little too close. You're right. Yeah, exactly. If you're going to give the Joker an eye patch, it's got to be something fun and interesting. Yeah. Uh, there also seems to be like another cop character we're going to meet here along with Gordon, and I'm pretty sure he's the guy in the big like DC Infinite Frontier thing because he's the only one with the Bat family not wearing a costume. That, yeah, that guy. See, see, I I wondered who that guy was for so long, and I, I had a theory that it's like, oh, is this going to be like something where it's like this is a younger Alfred because the guy looks exactly like Alfred, mm. like he's got like the little mustache and kind of looks how how um jorge jimenez draws alfred so i'm oh, like oh are they gonna like do the thing where like the universe reverts back and alfred comes back oh. and he's younger oh that would be a weird and like he can like twist. go out and like help batman and stuff now but also like i couldn't stop you before from being batman because i was old and haggard mm-hmm. and everything but now that i'm young i can actually physically stop yeah i could you kick your ass <laughs> I can kick your ass master way don't make me take my belt off <laughs> you're not too old for a spanking <laughs> yeah that would be interesting or like again it would be a little hackney but it would be kind of fun too for this guy to be like yeah you know i never knew my father he was some british stage actor yeah yeah to find out cool. that Alfred has like an illegitimate son and Batman being mm-hmm. like, oh, there's another Alfred out there. And oh, this is my chance to maybe take this kid in and help him the same way Alfred helped me. Yeah. And they, yeah. And yeah. And if that is the case, knowing Tynan, he'd do like some like cool story about like, is this Bruce actually wanting to help this or just trying to fill in a gap in his life? Yeah. With like Al- maybe- missing Alfred, is it kind of goes into that whole thing. He's, he's a rich kid without his butler. He's just mm-hmm. trying to make this guy his new butler exactly and then maybe the kid can be like look you just can't keep adopting young men and bringing them into your cave <laughs> it's fucking weird a, yeah to fill a void in yourself to where he's like clown hunter go away i have alfred's son now <laughs> which is actually what i like about clown hunter too from that angle where he's like no dude i have no interest i'm not gonna be a robin i'm not gonna, i am my own thing yeah, not gonna be a robin not gonna be a ghost maker i'm gonna be whatever leslie Tompkins makes me which is kind of cool in and of itself, and I feel like Leslie Tompkins is also going to play a big part in mm-hmm. this, too. And thank you, Tynan, for remembering, A, that Leslie Tompkins exists, and B, to draw her consistently. <laughs> oh, yeah, and Duke is there, too, as well. Yeah, oh, yeah, remember Duke? He's more important remember. in the Dark Multiverse than he is in, <laughs> than he is in the main universe. How messy is it? He's more important in the White Knight universe when he's just a regular workaday cop. That's That has to be a record for something, that a character is more important in Elseworlds stories than they are in main universe stories. Man, that's got to be Duke's next story there, where he figures this out and he starts hopping to other universes and recruiting other versions of himself. They all gang up on Batman. 
There you go. The League of Dukes. The Duke Nation. <laughs> the new Duke Order. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, there's the Joker book, everyone. And again, it should be stupid, but I trust Tynan because again, he's doing that tried and true writing technique of how do you write a story about the Joker? The answer is you don't. You write it about other people and then just have the Joker exist around it. Mm -hmm. Have the Joker move through them basically like a force. Exactly. So you can have a book called Joker, but he's not really the star of the book. Mm -hmm. That's how you do it. Uh, all right, what else do we got going on here? Uh, oh, yeah, so I guess from there we can, uh, before we uh, hop into our favorite things of the year, we can talk about, because I know people are dying to hear about this, Wonder Woman 1984 was the big movie that got released this Christmas Day, Matt, and we were all able to watch it trapped in our homes, but honestly, <laughs> I thought it was pretty freaking dope that I didn't have to go to the theater to see a big superhero movie, arguably the biggest superhero movie of the year that actually got released. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I would say this is the biggest film that got released yeah. this year, uh, like it's at true. home. I'm trying to think of like what else was released, because it's not in the Trolls. <laughs> yeah, Trolls uh soul i guess but like yeah. pixar is kind of like in a what is it kind of in like a league of its own which i watched that too by the mm -hmm. way yeah that was good i like that yeah i liked soul a lot too yeah uh so wonder woman 1984 mostly i felt positive about it i kind of talked about this on twitter but man was there like three or four things that really held this one back from being great i think in the broader strokes it's probably a better more authentic feeling movie than the first one mm -hmm. but boy does it have nothing as good as that no man's land scene they have one scene that comes pretty close but man that no man's land <laughs> scene was hard to top wasn't it it was it was and uh, again it's a well the the, the films are the homage to the the, the 80s basically it's Absolutely. set in the 80s it's called wonder woman 1984 one uh, of the best things about it the setting yeah, and the yeah, settings yeah. and everything and and but, but the thing is as well that they they use 80s tropes in the film very as well almost to its detriment some yeah say. a little bit yeah a little a little bit here so again we pick up with wonder woman many decades after the events of the first well actually no we actually start the movie with a flashback to the amazons and themyscira because if you didn't have that flashback you wouldn't be able to see the amazons in the movie <laughs> yeah i kind of think uh patty jenkins said that wb wanted her to cut either that one I or the that. one after that and i personally think they should have cut this first one you didn't really need it i know that it was that there was that whole thing about um her, her learning like you can't cheat you gotta you know you do the truth sort of thing yeah yeah and but you could have easily worked that into like something else in the film you could have also the problem with that too is trying to set up this whole thematic idea of the truth overcoming deception and the truth being hard and yada 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 is they'll actually fuck up the theme later on in the movie clearly through a series of reshoots yeah. so yeah. Whatever that scene meant in the beginning didn't end up meaning anything by the end. Also, to another funny problem with that scene, there's like, oh, what a cool race, what a cool competition. What are the rules for this competition? I don't, yeah. I do, where are they going? What's the end line? Oh, I'm just having fun. Okay, I'll stop asking questions. Yeah, well, the, the scene was like 20 minutes long, which is insane. Um, and yeah, it, it was a bit too long, and they could have easily cut that down quite a yeah. fair bit. And yeah. There was not wasn't like what were they racing for like it doesn't make like they should have tied it in with maybe that like armor 
Or it's like yeah. you, you you win, you get to you get to wield the armor and or something like that. Yeah, I I feel at some point maybe that was the idea, Matt. Mm. Again, like a lot of DC movies, it feels like this one underwent significant reshoots and rejiggering, which indeed. The movie had been pushed back and reworked even before the whole COVID mm-hmm. thing, so there's no telling what was actually done to this one. Yeah, before COVID, it got pushed back a year, didn't it? Yes, yes, it did. Yeah, because it was meant to come out in 2019. Yes, and there was rumors of a lot of uh, doctoring going on mm-hmm. after the first like uh, test screening and everything. Apparently, mm-hmm. uh, the studio didn't think this one tested well. No, studio, the WB thinks none of their movies test well, and then That's they get tra- their they fingers let- in it. <laughs> And then they let fucking Trailer Houses uh, re-edit it and do whatever. God, God help James Gunn in that fucking Suicide Squad movie, I tell ya. <laughs> I, I, I like to think he's a, he, he's a bit more of an established director who can, who can speak up about that. Well, then saying that Patty should be as well, though, I think it, it comes to the fact that maybe she might have had a bit too much control. There, there's definitely like I, again to the movie's credit, and again I'm mostly positive about this one. Mm-hmm. There was definitely a nice sense of identity to mm-hmm. this one. I feel mm-hmm. I understand Jenkins more as a filmmaker from this one than I did from the first one, which felt very much like, look, you got to make a square peg to fit in this hole. Basically, here it's like, okay, you got more freedom. You can tell the sort of movie you want. You can, you know, show your own film inspirations. And hey, I'm sure you noticed too. This one had a lot of Reeves energy in it. Oh yeah. It? Oh yeah. Well, again, it's, it's based on like movies from the seventies and eighties, and the Donna Superman films were like huge then so it's only 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 right that it that it borrows from those films and the stuff the stuff like that like um the scene after the themyscira stuff where wonder woman saving people and stopping bank robbers that was so damn good so damn good loved it that's that's what we want from our superhero movies we like to see our heroes acting like heroes and doing cool shit and indeed she does i also like they kind of find a reason to be like hey so wonder woman just sat around in between the end of her movie and the beginning of batman v superman no 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 she fought crime but she was an urban legend because camera technology wasn't as good all right whatever fine yeah that again that was one of those things that like they should have shouldn't have just should have just went fuck it just not even bothering with like trying to fit it in she's just a superhero now she's just saving people you didn't need to do the thing where she's telling people to be quiet about like her existence and like using though using her crown to like take out cameras was pretty fun that was really good hey hey remember when that bulletproof supermodel saved us at the mall <laughs> uh, yeah i haven't shut up about it <laughs> As uh, Zeke says, the Highlander quickening homage was neat. Yes, because Wonder Woman is basically a Highlander now, (laughs) complete with Highlander problems. She's sad because she lost the love of her life, and she feels directionless in this modern world and continually having to start over and everything. And I'm like, all right, I get that. I can dig that. I can get behind that. Yeah, yeah. Again, sort of like like, uh, Steve Rogers, like woman out of time sort of thing woman out although doing much better because again she's mm-hmm. clearly up on all the modern technology <laughs> and working at the Swissonium and everything she she does love her pictures which i fucking love when we see her apartment and she's got all these old pictures and there's one of etta candy yeah. and they're like at ellis island and she's like old and everything mm-hmm. i'm like wonder woman you shouldn't be having those pictures out in the open what if someone broke in they would know who you are oh shit batman v superman was all about luther stealing her stupid fucking pictures wasn't it? oh my god <laughs> i hate that this actually tracks with this dumb universe now (laughs) i hate that that's actually super super in character 
that Wonder Woman just cannot help but leave pictures everywhere, incriminating <laughs> pictures yeah. that betray how uh, young she is <laughs> or how old she is, actually. Uh, but uh, yeah, that uh, that scene there in the mall, super awesome, and also very reminiscent of one we got in DC Rebirth, actually, where Wonder Woman mm-hmm. stops a similar shootout in a mall. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what what issue was that? Um, I know exactly was, the issue you're talking about because Nicholas Scott drew it. Stuff. Yes, and it was really really good. I wonder if really that's where where this uh, came from because she's credited in the in the credits. Ah, well then, yes, then I'm probably a hundred percent sure that that's uh, where it came from. Uh, yeah. So yeah, she's living her life. She's getting along there and uh, working at the Swissonium because naturally being as old as she is, she knows a thing or two about antiques. And we meet Kristen Wiig as Barbara Ann Minerva, the cheetah. What uh, what did we think of her? I didn't like her at all. She, again, falls into that <sighs> that goddamn comic book trope that I, I saw the, everyone posting. It. You've got, you know, Ed, Edward Nigma, your, your, uh, Jamie Foxx Jamie Fox as Electro, uh, Pamela Isley. Uh, all these people, Aldrich pe- Killian, Aldrich Killian. yeah, all these people who are like they're like the nerdy character, and they're socially mm-hmm. awkward because they are a nerdy character. But yeah, then they get a little bit of power, and they and they they, they they turn badass and attractive, and it corrupts them. Ooh, ooh, uh, Hector Hammond. Don't forget mm-hmm, Hector Hammond mm-hmm. from Green Lantern. Yep. Which again, the the thing that most of those have in common too, and especially here with Barbara, which annoyed me. Barbara is like again awkward, nerdy, but genuinely nice, mm-hmm. and like doesn't seem to have a bad bone in her body, no. and and she only turns bad because of the wishing rock that she doesn't fully understand. And yet Wonder Woman reads her the fucking riot act later on in the movie and like, oh, you're trying to make up for your weakness. And da, 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 da. I'm like, wow, Wonder Woman, why are you being such a bitch? Yeah. This woman who really didn't deserve. Clearly <laughs> there was supposed to be more that got cut out. Yeah. Well, um, there's a scene and it's only in one scene. I said in my review, there's only one scene and it's never mentioned again in the film. And it's at that party scene once she gets her wish and she turns up at the party and like everyone's looking at Wonder Woman and then Kristen Wiig turns up and everyone's looking at her and. Diana mm-hmm. kind of looks at her like, oh, fuck you, bitch. Like, like a little yeah. bit of jealousy. I'm like, oh, was that meant to be like a play into that? Like, was Which, that meant to be more to that? Because it's not referenced ever again. No, it is not. But actually, I'm sure that was part of a bigger storyline at one point. You know why? Because the original Cheetah in the comics, no shit, gets mad at Diana and becomes a <laughs> supervillain in the first place because Wonder Woman showed her up at a party. I'm yeah. not fucking making that up. That's actually from the books. Yeah. So the fact that that may have been a storyline at some point makes sense. It's also kind of funny, too, because, like, during their big fight at the end, when Cheetah's like, oh, stop patronizing me, Wonder Woman, like, she hasn't been patronizing you until right now, in which case, yeah, I agree with you, Cheetah, I don't agree with Wonder Woman. <laughs> Because you've shown to be nothing but nice and all the bad stuff you have done has literally been out of your control because of the device that is the wishing rock and its very inconsistent set of rules. Yeah, they needed to have something where it's like, oh, you get your wish, but it like amplifies like something that'll like make you evil or something. It's... It's so uneven, the wishing rock, because even from the first scene where it's like, oh, I wish I had coffee. Ooh, that's hot. Really? So that was his monkey's paw. He got coffee, but he burned himself. But she's losing powers, and she's becoming a monster, and he's getting all sick and... The wishing rock is very uneven. What what they should have done is they should have, because... 
um, what happens is the the wishing rock turns into Pedro Pascal because he his yes. character Maxwell Lord, uh, the con man that he is, uh, wishes for more wishes basically, and to become yes. the person to give the wishes because In he a real gave big the, brain scheme because he gave the wish to uh, Barbara. It should what it should have done was like it gave her a wish, but it also because it technically gave it from Maxwell, and he's he's all about greed. It should yes. have like amplified that in her as well. Yeah, there's a lot of like, okay, so like, I don't hate the wishing rock as a concept. In mm-hmm. fact, I love how weird in comic book it is. Yeah, oh yeah, it's an absolute comic book thing. I'm glad it's not a big space laser no. or a laser beam in the sky or any of that other dumb shit. I like that it's a cool magic MacGuffin mm-hmm. with a weird thing to it. I just wish they worked out the rules a little harder. And apparently, again, there was other stuff with the rock that never made it in the movie. Like apparently it was supposed to be a dream stone from like dream of the endless. Oh God. Okay. Cause apparently that was like supposed to be a thing in this movie early on that they were going to try and set up that freaking Neil Gaiman. Oh my God. Sandman shit. In it. Yeah, I know. Right. Jesus. <laughs> even, even the stuff later when they're like, Oh, we need to go find this like central American shaman guy. He'll tell us what it's all about. And I'm like, oh, okay, here's the moment uh, where they're going to talk about the cheetah God from the comic. Uh, Katzerg. Yeah. You, you, you could, yeah, I can't fucking say its name. No one can pronounce it, but you know, I'm like, okay, cool. This is where they're going to name drop the God. Oh, they name drop a completely different God. Oh, well, this shaman is going to be the guy who does the ritual that turns Christian Wiggin to cheater. No, she just kind of does that on her own later yeah, on. Th- um, there's no, nothing that, the only thing that I can say that links it, and again, it's something I really hate these movies do, is when they, co- the, 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 fir- the first one is that um, Christian Wig points out that diana's wearing leopard print shoes i'm like oh god and then later on in the movie when she's kind of badass she's wearing like a leopard jacket i'm like oh god i fucking hate when they do that in these films they're embarrassed by the character so they like put them in clothes that kind of look like what they're meant to look like yeah even in her office too it's like oh she has a big cat mm-hmm. that is not a cheetah. I'm like, oh, was that too on the nose for you guys? You couldn't say that she had a cheetah fascination even before then? Yeah, yeah. You could have made it so that, like, she had been looking into this god beforehand, like, as one yeah. of her, like, cases at the Smithsonian or something. Mm-hmm. Would have been... That's that's what's really annoying about the problems with this movie, is just a few changes could have yeah. made it work. Yeah, just a few m- minor changes, minor edits here and there could have changed it. But then again, maybe there was already a lot of edits in place and we don't know what the movie's about. Uh, the the weirdest thing about Cheetah and what I think really steals a lot of her like agency as a character, and truth is she's not the main villain. Maxwell Lord is the main villain. She is yeah. secondary, really secondary, because Wonder Woman needs someone to punch at the end of the movie and she can't punch Maxwell Lord, so that's mm-hmm. why they kind of have to work around it. Her whole big deal is, like, she makes the wish on the wishing rock to be strong and to, you know, be beautiful and be more like Diana, who she's looking up to. Yeah, doesn't she say she wants to be an apex predator? Later she says the apex predator thing, but again, this is already when the rock has stolen her agency and being like, oh, you traded your goodness for power, because that's apparently something you can do, which also means none of the choices you make at this point are your own, which that's not good writing and you're not a good character at that point if you're (laughs) completely free of your thing. What gets me about it is that the only reason she wishes on the rock, and again, she's doing it kind of like half-heartedly, because like, oh, you know, I'm a woman of science, I don't believe it. The only reason she wishes on the rock to be strong is because she 
almost got raped in a park and Diana had to come save her. And I'm like, oh, well, that's a completely reasonable yeah. wish to be strong when you were victimized and weak. A fact of which Wonder Woman shows zero sympathy of, by the way, and doesn't even ask, hey, how you doing? You were almost the victim of a sex crime last mm. night. Well, I, I, again, that goes into the things like, was there more to that? Did we get to see like, like uh, Barbara's trauma from that yeah. happening? That would have made more sense, and it's especially weird because the movie treats her ultimate like, you know, oh, the evil act that she can't come back from mm -hmm. is when she beats up and assumedly murders the same guy who tried to attack her yet again, and the movie's like, oh, you've gone too far, and I'm like, wait, this movie was written and directed by a woman, yeah, and produced by a woman? Wow, this is the sort of thing I expect in shit written only by dudes. <laughs> Like, is this not the very thing they say, oh, we need more diverse writers' rooms with more women on so stuff like this doesn't happen? Well, apparently stuff like this happens even with an all-woman Regardless. <laughs> Fucking regardless. And again, the worst part about that is, is that this is just one of many moments that the movie has a weirdly flippant relationship to consent and sexual violence. Because I guess the big elephant in the room that we'll have to talk about eventually is that, you know, due to wishing rock shenanigans... Steve Trevor is allowed to come back, but he can only come back in the body of a pre-existing guy and Wonder Woman and Steve bang, and they never seem to ask about the moral or ethical implications of any of this. See, see, see why why couldn't he just... She, she wished him to come back. Why couldn't he just come back? I like, why did it have to be in in someone else's body? It's again, it's needlessly complicated. And again, maybe in another version of the movie, it did make more sense because the guy whose body he's inhabiting and whose apartment they hang out in, he had a name, he had a job. Maybe at some point Wonder Woman knew this guy and maybe he had his own monkey's paw wish of like, oh, I'd really like to sleep with Wonder Woman. And then in doing so, it happened, but not the way he wanted. And Maybe they took that out or maybe he was supposed to be another DC <laughs> character that they had to remove. There's a lot of shit like that in this movie. Yeah, it, it's very str strange that there was a, like a body snatcher thing because like that really plays such a little role in this because if you just have like if oh yeah. steve steve uh trevor is there like he he's not he's not taking anyone else's body he's there you still get all yeah. the fish out of water stuff he doesn't mm. know because he'd be 1940s steve yeah he wouldn't know what the hell is going on or anything which to chris pine's credit he does the whole fish out of water thing really well in yeah. fact i'd say he's much better in this sequel than he was in the original he's taken a lot of chances as an actor in this he's swinging for the fences he's funny he's relatable he's got this kind of mm -hmm. like wide-eyed optimism that he's like super stoked about the future and everything that stuff is great yeah yeah it's really great yeah and he's really freaking good in this and you know hats off to him i know i like dogpile on him all the time saying that he's like a really like bland <laughs> milk toast actor but hey credit where credit is due he turned into fuck of a performance in this one he did yeah uh again similarly uh on amazing performances pedro pascal as maxwell lord also swinging for the fence that he's chewing up every piece of scenery and they give maxwell lord a ton to do in this movie they do they they change up his character they give him a ton a to lot. do and pedro is just just swinging for the fences just just going all out 
it's it's surprising that he's not nearly as Trumpy as I thought he was going to be because like that's pretty was clearly Trumpy. what he's pretty Trumpy. Like, there's there's one scene where he's like very pointedly Trumpy near the end where it's like oh the walls are closed in around me oh they hate me for how great and successful mm-hmm. I am mm-hmm. and I'm like there it is there it is <laughs> and, and again his you know ultimate motivation very different from most superhero movies he doesn't want to rule the world he just he just wants oil and money and to be remembered and it 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 also feeds back into he wants he wants to be successful and everything so he can give his son everything he wants because he never got that yes right at the end we get a bunch of very sympathizing humanizing flashbacks for him which is funny that they wait for the end to that and that despite you know almost bringing the world to the brink of world war three he basically pulls a karma houdini and gets away at the end <laughs> hey at least diana didn't kill him at least she didn't kill i kept waiting for that moment like she's gonna break his neck isn't she she's gonna yeah. break his goddamn she's neck gonna have to kill him. we want to see that yeah no, they don't. She. Th- this another thing I genuinely like about the movie, and I will give it credit. Wonder Woman defeats Maxwell Lord in this movie by legitimately truth bombing him. <laughs> she truth bombs the world and brings out the better <laughs> angels of all mankind. And I'm like, that's actually pretty dope, though. I'm not gonna lie. It's pretty good. That's that's the scene that's almost as good as the No Man's Land scene. It gets mm-hmm. a little, like, in the weeds when you see the very thinly veiled Israel and Palestine standards being like, yes, please, we don't, we don't want war. We just want things to go back to the way they were before, when we were at war. <laughs> <laughs> that's all we want. We don't want to kill each other. We just, you know, want to keep bombing each other every so often in a war that never ends. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Boy, boy, the geopolitical uh, ideas exposed by Wonder Woman is very strange. At least, you know, member of the Is- or former member of the Israeli military, Gal Gadot, isn't a producer on the movie. Oh, she is a producer on the movie. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah. At least you could say they 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 kind of veiled it in the fact that they uh, they make one of the countries Bialia, and that's like within yes. the DC continuity, and it's kind of like that in there anyway because it is. It- the the palestine israel sort of thing yeah because even comic writers realized oh fuck we probably shouldn't be talking about these like very real very ongoing land disputes at this moment where it's like this is this is hard this is hard to talk about though admittedly again it gets a little in the weeds when the very stereotypical sheet character who's standing behind a bunch of pyramids is like oh we already sold our oil to the saudis <laughs> and now i'm going to take all of this land back and oh no wonder woman is beating me up and i'm like like, did, did Gal Gadot put this whole scene together just so she could beat up the enemies of Israel, but also save two little Palestinian kids anyway and then speak in her native language? Yeah, yeah, that, that, that I didn't, like, that was meant to be the big action set piece for the yes, film, and yes, I, I didn't really like it at all. The effects looked really bad in it. That that one scene yeah. where she's, like, running towards the, the camera, I'm like, gee, you couldn't, like, have yeah. shot that on location? Yeah, there's there's a few scenes like that where it's like, oh, man uh friggin okay ezra miller still runs worse but this is almost there (laughs) you're almost as bad as that and yeah as far as like a big action scene goes it's like oh it's it's just a car chase it's just a bunch of trucks i hate to say it but fast and the furious does vehicle combat better yeah yeah and yeah it wasn't very good and nothing really cool happened in it she's she stopped a car (laughs) yeah she stopped a car uh, oh, well, we got some aerial stuff in here, too. We got the Invisible Jet, one of the few things we yeah. didn't get from the other movie. Yeah, and, and I, I hated the, 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 re, um, 
the the reason the how reasoning. it can go invisible because again it's something that's not set up earlier in the film which feels like no. it should be again you could have made it made that that thing at the start the um the competition be like if you win the competition mm. you, you we will teach you how to the use power zeus's power and yeah the power of invisibility because it's just brought up in the same scene that the invisible jet is revealed that she can just turn things invisible again i i was easy going at that point where I'm like, okay, sure, she's a demigod. We said that she's had 50 years to work on her power, so she knows how to make stuff invisible. Now, what got me, though, and again, I'm sure more stuff was cut from this scene as well. Because she's allowed in the bunker by, like, showing her credentials. And I'm like, okay, I guess she can do this as part of her job at the Swissonium and everything. So they allow her in. <laughs> she knew the jet was there and everything. Then the second they leave, they start trying to shoot her down. It's like, but wait, doesn't she know that shouldn't that come back on her later that she tried to steal a jet okay whatever no that, yeah yeah wouldn't wouldn't yeah wouldn't someone know that this this woman um who in america is foreign and you know we've got this thing with the soviets happening at the moment like she just she, stole she, like <laughs> military equipment she literally showed her badge like hello diana prince coming to steal your jet now for a minute yeah the, the Invisible Jet is nice, too, because it gives Steve something to do in the movie, and uh, he's involved in quite a few of the action scenes, only for later in the movie to be like, oh, but Wonder Woman actually learned how to fly on her own, which is hilarious, because if you go back in our original review, we talked about that, because Wonder Woman jumps off the building at the end of that movie, and it's like, oh, are they implying that she's going to learn to fly like she can do sometimes in the comics? Yeah, and, and that's the thing. She never does in, like batman v superman nope. or or justice league so I, I, again it's that thing that they they put the, the cart for the horse sort of thing but yeah no i i like that flying scene where she learns how to fly and it was it was really cool i like that it, at first it wasn't really flying it was more just jumping no, yeah. and and lassoing lightning bolts which is fucking cool and metal as fuck yeah they they kind of thaw it up a little bit too where it's like you know she's flying but she's falling with style and she's using the lasso as like a propeller and everything and i'm like you know what i usually hate over explaining and stuff but you know all right yeah it works it works it makes sense you know they they put a lot of time and effort into this not just in a how does this make sense but also in a how do we make this look cool on screen mm -hmm. yeah that's uh that's what i dug about it uh what else is there uh in the movie that we can talk about uh but um but um uh yeah she she truth bombs everyone at the end and brings out their better angels which is pretty nice and pretty cool actually yeah uh do we want to talk about the actual look of cheetah because it doesn't look oh, very yeah, good yeah, yeah. it it looks exactly like it does in the trailer because that's basically the entire scene it looks like cats yeah she's only a cheetah right at the end of the movie and everything there and again basically exists just so Wonder Woman can have someone to punch, which is a bit of a shame. But then again, as I thought back to him, like, hey, wait a minute, Cheetah, Wonder Woman's arch nemesis, you know, re relegated to just being a fight near the end of the movie, basically a henchman, Aquaman fighting Black Manta, basically as a henchman in the middle of the movie, the Joker fighting the Suicide Squad in the middle <laughs> of the movie. Is this just kind of how DC does things now? <laughs> yeah, it's just a, a, a what's that, a, a cookie cutter. They've got like the, the general outline and they just fill in like, just uh, press F to find all these words and replace them with whatever hero this movie's in. But at least she wasn't a big armor monster, so I will yeah. give it all the credit in the world for that. At least she was different. She was yeah, it different wasn't a CGI like, like the end of uh, Wonder Woman 
uh, one. It wasn't some yeah. big random CGI fight that they changed at the last minute. Yeah. Weird, too, how the villains all just kind of get away at the end. Sheeta gets away, too, and it's left open-ended if she, like, relents her wish or not, or her original <laughs> wish, I guess. Because mm-hmm. apparently you can get two wishes. It's The wishing rock is weird. It is, yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm glad oh. that Ma- Maxwell Lord lives, mainly because it, it could mean he could come back, though I yeah. don't know where. <laughs> yeah, true. Could happen anyway. Uh, I mean, for, you know, uh, however divided people were on this movie, and honestly, I was surprised people were as divided oh, on this one as Oh, I'm surprised that so many people kept saying it was, it was like the worst movie they have ever seen. And I'm like, oh, not even close. It's no. not even the worst film in the DC universe. Like, no. I might watch this again. Yeah, yeah, I definitely will. I, I was so surprised at how many people, were, like, vehemently hated this film. You know what I think it is? I think this is a weird uh, experiment in the public consciousness because here is a blockbuster movie that people were actually able to sit down and watch and rewind and pause and think about it and Google every step of the way where if you were just locked in a theater and you couldn't be on your phone and you had to watch it all the way through. You, could, you couldn't put, go back, you can go, go sit down and pull it back and be like, no, there was this hey, scene. wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, you can go back and watch it heaps of times over and over. See, that's what's going to destroy blockbusters, the ability to go back and say, hey, wait a minute. Usually you got <laughs> gotta wait a couple months for people to get those hot takes for people to really stop and think about it (laughs) now it happens instantly yeah really and the studios don't like that at all oh no we might have to make tighter scripts and less cuts so shit actually makes sense (laughs) yeah well i mean it it obviously hasn't really had that much of effect because they're doing a third one so yeah fast tracked in fact yeah what uh what do you think we do for the third one now um well, we've done Sheeta, we've done Maxwell Lord. What other big Wonder Woman stories? You got to set it in the kind of set thing? it in the present. Set it in the in the present. Um, I like it. Um, I guess yeah, you have to set it in the present, and it's not a goddamn Zack Snyder verse. So mm, that so you can kind of do whatever. You don't have to worry about. Don't worry about. There's a Batman. There's a Superman. There's all these people. Don't worry about Ooh. them. Just do a. I don't know maybe do Cersei or something. Yeah, the Something chat magic. Scene. I lo- Yeah, I like that with Cersei. Yeah, I like Wonder Woman living in more of a magic zone. What do we what do we do with Cersei? What's her evil plan in modern time? What's her magic bullshit MacGuffin that she's after? Does she want to like steal the lasso because it's like the last of the Olympian relics or something like that? Yeah, that or like her bracelets or something because her bracelets are uh, or, or or bring it back to the first movie how Wonder Woman is that like god killer weapon or whatever it was mm. oh yeah that doesn't get brought up at all in yeah this. no well it doesn't have any bearing on the plot bearing whatsoever. on anything yeah so we can't use it because it has nothing to do with anything hey you know what she really needs to do in the third one she needs to team up with linda carter who we now know is an amazon living in earth which is pretty fucking the, the, dope the original user of that gold armor Man, that reveal in the post-credit was so fucking cool. That's probably one of the best post-credit scenes ever, where you see it from behind and you think it's Wonder Woman and it turns around and, oh, it's Linda Carter. <laughs> that, that'd be cool to see if they do actually team up. Yeah, because it's like, why not? Yeah. I guess, too, if they do a third one, it should be like the big return to the Themyscira, because we've clearly seen now that she hasn't been home since. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess maybe, yeah, return to Themyscira and maybe... Maybe introduce like Donna Troy or something, because I think yeah. someone found out because um it was revealed Patty had been talking with WB about Wonder Woman since like two thousand and four or something, 
and they went through all these scripts and someone had actually found one of the old 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 scripts and it had a had a piece of of um dialogue and action that was for donna troy that is in this movie but for Kristen wiggs characters when she pulls the door off the fridge Hmm. like it's exactly shot for shot oh wow that's really interesting so (laughs) so maybe they were thinking of donna troy yeah, some people were saying there would be fun to see Gigant as a henchwoman. Yeah, yeah. make her a fun henchwoman. Yeah. She would make an excellent heavy because there's not that much character there. And just, yeah, she's big and she's tough and she can fight Wonder Woman. Yeah. Yeah, Dr. Psycho would be good too, mm. actually, especially as the character has kind of gotten a big push for being on the Harley Quinn TV show. Maybe he can be. Peter Dinklage is Dr. Psycho. I'd like to see Maxwell Lord come back, but like I, mm. after like how he ends this film, I don't think he'll ever be a villain. Unless no. there's some like something happens where he maybe there's some something left over from the wishing stone and he gets his psychic powers or something. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think an easy joke would be to have an old Maxwell Lord in the future working for Checkmate and have Diana be like, "Oh, I thought I defeated you. Yeah, I was defeated. So you know, I decided to stop being a criminal and get an honest job working for the government." <laughs> <laughs> Make it like a little tongue-in-cheek gag like that. <laughs> And oh yeah, I'm psychic now too. <laughs> it's just that, that that's exactly how it's going to go in the movie. I'm just psychic now. Or hey, you age up the kid actually and that way you have a lord who is mm. actually psychic in the future. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. That would be an interesting angle to bring it all full circle and be like, no, 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 we paid attention, we paid attention. Oh, and you could probably do a thing where, like, maybe Max Lord, because he, he's still kind of a bit of a dickhead at the end, he, he kind of fed his son all these lies about Wonder Woman. Uh, he was like, oh, this, I like that. This woman goddamn stopped my... Ruined everything. Ruined everything, yeah. <laughs> she truth-bombed me, and <laughs> I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually very fun, actually. That would be a cool pitch, actually. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, there's Wonder Woman 1984. Mostly I enjoyed it. It's certainly not the worst of the DC no. movies, but man, it's, I will say it's definitely annoying because if they just fixed that three or four small things, it would have been so much better. It's like, it's like Superman Returns where they say, if you just fix yeah. the, these small things, put an action scene here, put this dialogue over here, like, it'd be like a perfect film. You know what we should do, Matt? Uh, we should definitely uh, start a movement, you know, release the Jenkins <laughs> cut, you know, release the real cut of this movie. Make them, force them to go back and refilm it. Because, <laughs> you know, it's not that it's a bad movie, it's just that it was clearly a movie that had trouble and that could be fixed. Oh, no, wait, we're not going to do that because we only do that for one person? Interesting. Yeah, interesting, yeah. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Who Actually, Snyder and his wife produced this one, too, which makes me wonder, huh? Did they, though, or is that just sort of like, are they contractually obligated to be credited? You know how, like... Somewhere, yeah. They don't, you know how some producers don't have anything to actually do with their film. They just have their name on the film. It's the same. It's like Jeff Johns helped write this script as well as... Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what the guy's name was, but he wrote that Doom movie with The Rock. Mm, right. Yeah. Yeah, huh. Yeah, maybe it's a contractual thing. Who's to say for sure? Because, yeah, I certainly didn't feel their fingerprints on this oh, one at all. Absolutely. This is, like, complete opposite of what Snyder thinks these characters are like. Yeah. And I, I, I will much rather see, you know, this vision come to fruition because I think this one, you know, had more A, artistic merit, and B, actually had more, you know, like, comic book connection you had, to it. You had fun while watching it. You weren't miserable. Definitely. Yeah. 
it actually, you know, felt like it wanted to tell a story about a hero doing heroic things mm-hmm. and trying to be an aspirational figure and not, like, deconstruct Wonder Woman. In fact, you know what, hey, maybe the worst thing I can say about Wonder Woman's journey in this movie is that she basically just has a truncated version of her, like, character arc from the first one, you know, mm-hmm. loving Steve, being sad about Steve, having to let Steve go so she could have her powers back and everything. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Which again, it's not a bad journey. Again, it's it's Highlander is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Though I also can't fault people for being like, really, all this time later in Man's World, and she's still hung up on Steve and has had nothing else going on in her life yeah. this whole time. Yeah, you would have thought like by now she would have learned to move him, especially since she lives for as long as she does. Like contrast and compare that again to Steve Rogers, who was still hung up on Peggy, loved Peggy, never loved anyone else. But at least, you know, he had fun. At least he like, you know, watched Star Wars and like got up on references and everything. Wonder Woman doesn't even have a TV. No, no. (laughs) Do you know how much primetime viewing you were missing Wonder Woman in the 80s? How many great references you could be making (laughs) that you don't got? Now you don't. (laughs) Yeah, apparently, yeah, Wonder Woman doesn't need no dick, apparently, Zeke. (laughs) Apparently, she's just fine sitting alone in her apartment with old pictures and no TV and not taking part in life at all. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Until Batman v Superman, in which case she gets off that Turkish Airlines flight and gets involved again. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I forgot she got in that Turkish Airlines flight. See, that's the real problem with Wonder Woman 1984, no Turkish Airlines. Yeah, if I had Turkish, the Doritos factor. If I had the, mm. the Doritos tie-in, it would have made a billion dollars. Would have put it up all the way. That was a real <laughs> theory as well. I don't know whether you saw that for, I, th- I think it was Batman v Superman, the Doritos factor. <laughs> Do explain the Doritos oh, um, factor. Uh, along with like the sales of like Batman v Superman themed Doritos and everything, the movie would have made $2 billion or something. Oh. Like, but, sweet, but because but Marvel, uh, you know, the usual, it's, it's lunacy, absolute lunacy. Ain't it, ain't it always the way. <laughs> uh, all right. So with that out of the way, everyone, I know everyone really wanted to hear our thoughts on that. We can talk about our favorite things of the year that was 2020. In fact, I have a whole list in front of me right now, broken down into comic books, TV, movie slash documentaries and video games and my video games list is hilariously small because i'm becoming an old man who can't get in near as much gaming as he used to i'm i'm still an act two of cyberpunk not because i'm going slow but because i want to make sure i get every side quest before i go to act three because apparently some get locked off if you go too fast they do yeah which man i'm glad i heard about that that, that game is fun because it's like, okay, you'll do a mission for someone that'll be part of the story. Then you'll unlock a whole series of please become my friend missions. <laughs> and I'm like, these probably seem important. I should do all the be my friend missions. <laughs> so that's what I'm doing. Also, I went full shotgun build. So I'm just literally melting everyone with a shotgun in every room what, I go into. What type now. of shotgun? Karnan shotgun. Yeah. There you go. Just like this. I feel like I've completely broken the game now because it's like, well, I can run as fast as I can and reload yeah, super quick and there, no there, come, there comes a time near like, yeah, the end of like, like or middle of act two where like, I don't know, I had to like put the difficulty up because it's like, mm. well, these enemies like, because I, I had this revolver I got off one of the missions yeah. and it's just like a one shot kill. So it's like bang, 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 bang. Oh, oh yeah. That's, they're, they're all dead. <laughs> 
I I did very much enjoy what is it doing like the muggings and the gang hideouts because I'm basically just freaking uh, role playing uh, RoboCop Dead or Alive coming with me. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> just the scourge of the Night City underworld. No one can stop me. Uh, oh, and I got the ability that lets me jump uh, really good really with robot high, yeah. legs now. Yeah. So now I don't even drive anywhere. I just parkour all over the place, jumping on buildings. It's a lot easier than driving. <laughs> it is. Oh man, those race missions! Holy shit! I haven't. I didn't even attempt them because, like, I got in the car the first time. Like, oh wow, these these cars handle like us. Oh, it's it's not just like this particular model. It's all of them, even the motorbikes. Yeah. Wow. I know. <laughs> the drive is not good. I only got it because I cheated because I found a way that you can get, like, the best car in the game, which is a Batman reference. Mm -hmm. So I got that, and I used that for the final race and came in first. And, hey, I'm glad I did the race side mission with the bartender from Afterlife because, as you find out, uh, she is actually a prominent trans character in the game. Oh, really? Yes, you don't find that out until the end, yeah. where she's just like, yeah, you know, I had reassignment surgery, and, like, she mentions it, like, three missions in, and V, much like me, is like, oh, shit, for real? Yeah, oh, wow. And she actually had a trans flag in the back of her truck, and I didn't even notice oh, that wow. until she mentioned it, and I'm like, wow, holy shit, Cyberpunk, <laughs> that was subtle. Shame that this is locked behind your terrible driving missions, that people <laughs> might not even get to this moment. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, definitely. And yes, Hideo Kojima is also in Cyberpunk for a minute. You can find him. Yes, yes. Uh, but yeah, you know, we are a comic book podcast, so let's uh, let's talk about some of the comics, Matt, that we loved in 2020. I think starting it off, Daredevil makes a lot of sense. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Just every issue has been a powerhouse. It really feels like a comic book for adults, which you don't get very often. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I feel like I'm reading a really good HBO series. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's got it's like a yeah great crime drama, mm-hmm. tri- drama series like on HBO. It's so damn good. And just when you think you know what it's about, where it's like okay, it's Matt fighting corruption in the storm winds, or like oh, it's Matt you know not uh, being Daredevil but still trying to enact change. Oh wait, now Elektra is actually Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> And is this also, it's also probably one of the best Kingpin has ever been written ever? Absolutely, as well. yeah, yeah. I I've loved his story with like the Stormwinds, and and him no longer being like like this top player that he thinks he is. And there's like yeah. people that just like like make fun of him because of who he yeah. is and everything. That issue is so good when they're like making fun of him <laughs> for like being a mob boss. And he cracks and, like, and oh. kills one of them. Yes, he's feeling like a small fish in a big pond for the first time in his life, and you see him break down in a way you've never seen him break down before. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, really sad and affecting him. Like, God damn, Chip Zdarsky's writing fucking art right here. Yeah, it's so damn good. It really, it really is. Uh, Tom Taylor had a killer year this year as well with Deceased Dead Planet and Suicide Squad. I think Unkillables was this year too, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, right at the start. So, yeah. Just Taylor, just knocking him out of the fucking park in so many different ways and is going to keep knocking out of the park in 2021 because he's got the pen on Nightwing now. He's got the pen on Nightwing and other DC uh, products he hasn't announced yet. So that's good. I mean, Dead Planet continues to just be so cool and so interesting from an idea that could have been so artistically brain dead and like, oh, we're doing zombies in the DC universe. Yeah, but what if it was good, though? Yeah, again, it's it's like Injustice all over again. And Justice had no reason to be as good as it was because it was, it was a fucking tie-in to a video game comic. I have to yeah. imagine when that first started, they think, oh, we're going to do three issues and 
people are gonna read it and then be like yeah whatever but no they they just kept continually bringing like quality writing to it and going into all these different characters and everything and it was great i think why it works so well is taylor really zeroes in on this idea that not all apocalypse fiction really uh narrows in on and that is that end of the world stories are at their best when they're also show what you're made of stories Mm -hmm. Which, when the chips are down and everyone's dying and nothing matters, it shows, like, you know, who is going to stick to their guns and, you know, who's good will rise to the surface. And that works very well in a world of superheroes who are all about, you know, showing the good inside them and in everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, he, he took... Um... He took that 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 uh, old cliche of you know Superman turning evil, and like mm-hmm. made it interesting and made it like that compelling and cool. Sure, sure did. Uh, Suicide Squad, I mean, was just great because so again, good. Taylor, he understood why Suicide Squad is good when it's this super spy skullduggery thing going mm-hmm. on, and also that he told a great uh, Suicide Squad story without Waller. He put Waller on a shelf, and she wasn't involved in the whole thing. Yeah, without Waller, uh, didn't make Harley Quinn the center of every single plot. Just no, made her part Deadshot of the team. Center. Yeah, this was yeah, this was Deadshot's book basically. Absolutely, and also invented several new characters <laughs> in the Revolutionaries that I hope stick around because they definitely have legs. Absolutely. It was crazy, too, because we've seen this idea before. It's like, well, what if the Suicide Squad went up against an anti-Suicide Squad? And sometimes, you know, it's, uh, what is it, the Jihad? Sometimes it's the Secret Six. But here, I love this idea of the revolutionaries, a group of people whose lives were ruined by Task Force X and mm-hmm. the government and who have banded together to try and strike back at them and that freaking Harley and Deadshot found themselves within the ranks of this group. Yeah, within the ranks and then agreeing with them. Yeah, because they absolutely. they too have had their lives ruined by Task Force X, none more so than mm-hmm. Floyd Lawton. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. To think <laughs> made him such a great character, then killed him. But yeah, you know, <laughs> that's what makes it so much. It was an earned death. <laughs> sure was. And again, as Lich Lord Chris says, the best Black Mask has been in any story in like what twenty years. Yeah, again, paying off that 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 really kind of crappy. Uh, one Very. shot he did for year and year of the villain who would have who would have thought yeah no one i certainly wouldn't but man that reveal one of the best reveals one of the most rewarding reveals too where it's like ah tom taylor knows i read everything he writes <laughs> <laughs> paid me back love it Shit. <laughs> Uh, what else was there this year? Oh, Immortal Hulk. I mean, mm-hmm. just continuing to be great. Just, you know, th- I have never seen a series that bends genre as much as Immortal Hulk. It's a monster movie. It's, you know, uh, Heaven and Hell magic-based series. It's freaking you know, everything. Uh, it's a modern-day political polemic. It's a cosmic horror story. It's the thing and the Hulk sitting down in Coney Island and eating hot dogs and talking about life. <laughs> Yeah, the the one issue I read because it was a King in Black tie-in was the Immortal Hulk tie-in for that. Did you end up reading that? I flipped through it but never got around. Oh, I know it was, it was so completely damn good. it was wordless. Yeah, it was so good. It was Hulk battling or it was it was actually more Bruce battling um a symbiote in through through like a Macy's and using right. using like all the different like doing like home loan traps basically. Nice. And them keeping the continuity too cuz technically <laughs> banner is gone and like mm-hmm. the hulk has been taken by the leader and man making the leader into an interesting villain and again bringing this whole like heaven and hell angels and demonology thing to the world of the hulk which 
if you pitch that to me, I'd be like, that's fucking stupid. The Hulk shouldn't be a magic character. Then you let Al Ewing write. It's like, oh, this is goddamn genius. Yeah, it was so damn good and so different from what every other Hulk series are, but before this has been and probably whatever will come after this. I'd hate oh, yeah, to be 100%. the person to come after this. Oh, I know. This This is Swamp thing S. This is like Alan Moore on Swamp thing S. <laughs> yeah, the definitive really run on the character. Yeah. Like, this is as close as I can, and it pays homage to everything that's come before in Hulk. And what mm-hmm. is shocking, too, about that series, Al Ewing basically invents nothing new. No, yeah, it's all, like, things that already existed or things that, like, have been hinted at but never explored. Yeah. He just reorders it, and then sometimes he even does fun little reprints of old stories to be like, look, this is what I'm referencing. Yeah. This is what's canon in my mind. But yeah, friggin' Immortal Hulk is so good. And it's gonna have an actual real proper ending. That's that's good. That's good. Yeah, he's not gonna let it go on forever. He has an end in mind. Uh, two things from Gene Lu and Yang I absolutely loved. Superman smashes the mm-hmm. clan. Yes, yes. Which is so good, he's getting a Superman book now. And Shang-Chi from Marvel, which has just been immense amounts of fun. It's, it's been really damn good. I actually caught up on the last two issues. It's been so good. I'm one behind on Shang-Chi, but I definitely want to catch up. Man, how cool is it to take a character like Shang-Chi that has had, you know, admitted problems with mainly having white people write a Chinese character in broken English, but then put someone like... Gene Lu and Yang on it be like no 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 I can fix it in just a little bit and actually modernize it and have it make a lot of sense mm. and he does and he speaking of broken English he makes fun of that yes he does he makes fun of that certainly certainly does and it feels uh like what is it both Superman smashes the clan and Shang-Chi what are so cool about it is that they feel really autobiographical like Lu and Yang is drawing a lot of his own life to inspire this book which makes it feel yeah which makes it feel raw and authentic in a way I think a lot of superhero books aren't Mm because like even good writers have a hard time relating to their characters this way yeah absolutely yeah this guy he he did write a book um that kind of detailed uh like like his life and stuff I'm I'm blanking on what it what it's called it it's got american in the title um uh american chinese i think wasn't it yeah american born chinese or something yeah Yeah, which is a lot of what both shang chi and superman smashes the clan are about yeah so he 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 draws from a lot of his own experiences and i imagine what experiences his like parents have had as well yeah yeah. it's really really good and man the the book is so good i hope <laughs> that the movie can capture like a little bit of how good the book is like already it has this like extra thing of like well of course the shang chi movie will be great because the books are like yeah you know they're fun but like they could be so much better now it's like oh no now the book is great i hope the movie is great too <laughs> uh what else do we have going on here uh what is it? Uh, that punchline one shot, and basically, you know, what time this setting up for Batman in general, I really enjoyed. Yeah, his um, his uh, that that punchline book as well, like re- really sold home. Oh, to some people it did. Some people it just went over their head again. Oh, of um, course. The fact that yeah, punchline is like a commentary on these type of incelish joker radicalization fans. yeah yeah homegrown terrorism yeah, in the yeah. united states yeah this inspiring of madness and using social media to let it get everywhere and it's like oh the joker's bad but at least he doesn't know how to work the uh, fucking computer <laughs> <laughs> if he did how terrible would it be and the fact that you know tiny is setting all this up and i know 
people people felt a lot of ways about Joker War, about whether or not it was a good event or anything, but you cannot deny that Tynion has used Joker War to great effect to set up everything else that's happening in his story. Absolutely, yeah. Every, everything, it's still, like, we're still feeling the effects of it. We've got characters coming in because of the joker we've got that joker book that's going to obviously pick up after Mm -hmm. what happened in that uh with punchline and everything all the stuff with punchline being in jail and their trial and everything it's all really damn good stuff good stuff and topical in a way batman Mm -hmm. rarely is i feel like he couldn't have gotten away with that in a mainline batman book but in a book called punchline yeah sure whatever Uh, sending some quick love for an indie book money shot uh that i really enjoyed uh from what is it uh oh god why am i blanking on his fucking name right now he's one of my favorite people uh hack slash and uh agent grayson and all the other good shit tim seeley tim seeley thank you god i've been <laughs> doing this for too long i'm fucking tired but yeah money shot is great uh intergalactic science fiction sex comedy that is all about uh what is it selling the importance of humanity and that we are worth our place in the universe yeah lots of alien sex <laughs> Lots of alien sex, but like really good positive alien sex, you know, how, how human sexuality can, you know, help save a repressed uh, alien species out in space. And I'm like, that's good. I like that. And it's genuinely funny and just, just genuinely like a weird feel good book, which you would not expect. Mm-hmm. That you pick up a book called Money Shots. Like, no, this is going to make you feel good and, like, you know, fulfilled as a human <laughs> being. Like, it's very feel good. Uh, yeah, that's a really great one. Uh, uh, Venom and Thor from Donny Cates this year. I have to talk about them. Yeah, goddamn. He, the, the stuff he's building with, like, the cosmic, cosmic and the cosmic mm-hmm. horror side of stuff in DC is just so damn good. I mean, yeah, gotta gotta give Cates his due. I mean, the man is really proving to be a freaking hit machine at Marvel these days. Mm-hmm. And you gotta figure, you know, it's only amount it's only a matter of time before you know they start changing around the writing teams and everything at Marvel. Man, I'd love to see Cates take over Avengers and see what his uh, stuff would be for that. Ooh, that'd be really cool. Because I think we can all agree Avengers needs a shot in the arm right now. And if DC is moving around their team and everything, it would probably make sense. Yeah, it it, make, it does make sense. Especially like um, some of the writers, I think, from Marvel are going over to DC. I don't know whether they're going to yeah. be exclusive, though. Like there's, there's mm, that's the um, rumors Chip Zdarsky's going over there for Justice League and stuff like that. Yes, I heard that too. Lich Lord Chris is Eddie the best dad in Marvel right now kind of yes and that's one of the really endearing parts of that series you know giving Eddie a kid and yeah and all these problems that come with being a father and him trying to be a better person not just for the reader but for this kid in his life and everything I'm like damn this is this is good Mm -hmm. that's good uh good ass shit uh naturally gotta send some love to hickman and really all the x-men books specifically i wanted to shout out hellions because it's just this weird ass dark comedy yeah yeah (laughs) hellions like when it was first announced i'm like oh so it's just gonna be suicide squad Mm -hmm. but like marvel and x-men but it's like some something completely different it's just a uh, insane off the wall comedy book just this weird psycho comedy uh what is it linchpinned by one of my favorite interpretations of mr sinister to where he's just become like frieza from dragon ball but not even main frieza like a bridge series frieza where it's like oh i'm so deliciously evil all the time he he's a he's a parody of himself basically 
he really, really is. And, like, they could easily get out of that and be like, oh, no, we want real evil Mr. Sinister back. Okay, that one was fake. Yeah, we, that was the, the clone. <laughs> that was a clone. There you go. That's how you get out of it. That's why Mr. Sinister can be whatever the hell he wants to be. Yeah. Good, good, good shit. Loving all of that. Also, gotta send some love to John Ridley, a guy who I think we're gonna be talking about a lot in the next couple of years. He wrote that really awesome Batwing one-shot, mm-hmm. and also the other history of the DC Universe, which is one of the few black label books that actually felt like it deserved to be a black label book and was actually worth the wait. Absolutely. That 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 book, I, I didn't know what to expect from it, and what I got Neither from it I. was so, it's so damn good. Like, not only does... He, he he give uh jefferson pierce like a voice that he mm-hmm. he's they've kind of tried to give him but like they always fall very short at it like they tried it in like mm-hmm. the tv series and they fall like they get cold feet before pushing too far and they did it in like outsiders yeah. and stuff and but like here Definitely. he's just like no i'm just going full on with it he it's... fucking hates these people and he's yeah. he, he's this paranoid delusionist <laughs> yeah it's very rare to see a story about a cynic written this way that again feels raw and authentic Mm -hmm. because Ridley is clearly working through some stuff himself and he's basically trying to deconstruct the trope of the angry black man in fiction to be like no he has reasons to be angry but also maybe he was too angry for too long and it actually stopped him from doing some good that he should have done it is a beautifully three-dimensional look at the character of Black Lightning and you rarely ever get three-dimensional takes like this absolutely yeah it's really, really good stuff. Uh, ooh, someone in the chat said uh, Curse of White Knight. I think that was done in this year, but I will say after three issues of that White Knight Harley book, boy, that's a good mystery book. That's like the best mystery book I've mm-hmm. read in a while. It is. It's, it's so fun to be back in that world and like explore, yeah. explore it outside of like Batman. This, this was a good year for Harley for the cartoon series that breathed a lot of fresh life in her in a lot of ways and made her fun and exciting and accessible to Tynan doing a lot of work on her in continuity to where Mm -hmm. she was basically the secondary hero of Joker war. And now she's sticking around. She's basically a member of the bat family now. Yeah. Yeah. To that book to see her basically be private eye, Harley Quinn. And Oh, I love the starlet as a villain. I think the starlet is probably one of my favorite new creations. It's really, it's, it's so cool. It's It's an excellent design. Yeah, it is. It really is. It's a design so good, I'm like, okay, I wouldn't care if this actually crossed over into the main universe. Because <laughs> you know that's going to happen eventually, right? When this oh, White absolutely. Knight stuff gets so popular, shit's going to cross back over. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, that's all the comic stuff. Did you have uh, any you wanted to talk about, Matt, before we move on to TV? Uh, let's have a look. We kind of we, we kind of had similar... As I knew we would. So, yeah, that's why I didn't really bother to make a list. <laughs> Um, uh, what, I was going to say, you read more Star Wars than me. What was mm-hmm. the good Star Wars this year to read? Uh, what wasn't the good Star Wars to read? Like, everything was <laughs> yeah, really good. Yeah, you enjoyed good. everything. Everything yeah, this there's... year, like, uh, what Charles Soule is doing on the main book at the moment is really cool, tying it all into uh, High Republic. Um, yeah. uh, Greg that Pack came on... out, didn't it? What was that? that? That High Republic book came out, didn't it? It's supposed to come out today. I've got it on pre-order oh. and it hasn't been shipped yet, which I'm 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 kind of sad for because I'm looking to read it because yeah, the comic also comes it. out this week as well. Nice. I will definitely be picking that up. I I want to go all in on High Republic. <laughs> I want this to be my thing. Um. Yeah. No. Greg Pak's doing really great on the on the uh uh Darth Vader book, marring prequel era, sequel era, and 
original trilogy all really really well mm, nice yeah it, it, it he did he's, he's doing like an arc at the moment where vader's fighting ochi of bestoon and gonna go to exegol and all this really cool mm. shit that does sound good yeah and then before that he uh, fought he fought an order of handmaidens that were fighting in padme's name and i saw that yeah. that was pretty dope yeah bounty hunters as space lord says is really good by ethan Sachs. Nice, nice. They got, they got, Hon- they got, got Hondo it's... coming up in that in that series. Ooh, cool. I know you were saying that book kind of has its own interesting, uh, what is it, continuity with the robot bounty hunter who's been in like a bunch of different books. Yeah, yeah. They've peppered, they've brought in Valance. They've brought him back into continuity. Um, uh, and he had his, his own Target Vader series, which was like, you know, the going after Darth Vader. And then that tied into this one. And then he's, he's shown up every now and then in like, dr afro and everything and i'm sure it's only time until he shows up in the main star wars book now that we know that's a thing and also hey i'm counting down the minutes until he shows up on tv as well hey i thought he was going to be michael bean in mandalorian season two because the michael bean he's basically based on michael bean that's pretty fucking dope yeah there's still a chance you know there's still time for him to show up in the dozens of new star wars shows that are coming there out, is so. there is there's a boba fett show so yeah we, i guess he'll probably uh, appear there here's a here's a history of boba fett so yeah definitely and i mean speaking of tv that was on my list too but yeah mandalorian season two yeah <sighs> fucking dope so damn good it was bigger it was better there was crate dragons and ahsoka's and luke's and and yeah there was Luke's. and mandalorians bo-katan Darksiders. Um, Boba Fett was maybe made into a more interesting character than he's oh, ever been absolutely. in any of the other movies. In, in Robert Rodriguez in that one episode made him so much better than than the, the decades of, of, of Legends canon. Mm-hmm. You want to know how that show is magic and how they are weaving this amazing alchemy? I should hate devoting whole episodes to Boba Fett. I should hate Luke coming in and saving everyone at the end, but I'm just sitting there like, he did the thing. <laughs> because it it feels earned it it, it's not they're not doing they're doing it for fan service but it's it's they're not how can i explain it they're not you know jerking themselves off about it and sort of thing exactly it's it's good fan so it's not winking a nudge it's no 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 we built it up to serve this moment yeah yeah and luke just appeared in that one scene if he'd been like a character all through the episode you know he's teaming up with the, with mandalorian and whatnot that would have defeated the whole purpose of it it's also like in terms of continuity i can't piss and moan too much because it's like well yeah luke is the only jedi we know to be active in this time unless they invented a brand new jedi which would probably create a ton of problems it's like well where the fuck was this guy this whole time i i still like thought like oh come on just make it cal kestis and like oh but yeah. that might put a hamper on what they want to do in his second game and yeah but it still would have been or pretty ezra. cool yeah or ezra <laughs> although i think they're gonna do that in that ahsoka show I'm pretty sure that's where they're going in that as well. And also, Ezra was technically not a Jedi because no. technically neither was Kane. And they're they're getting a lot of use out of the I didn't finish Jedi school. Yeah, the so technicalities. <laughs> yeah, they're they're loving the fuck out of them technicalities. Uh, what else did I have on TV for this year? Uh, Ted Lasso. We talked about oh, this, man. but man, I, I'm so gonna I'm gonna fun. watch that show again. I'm gonna watch it. It's Me so too. damn good. It's so funny to see a little show that could like this kind of take over the world in a way to where everyone is talking about it and like people are passing it off to their friends and also like, hey, good, good on Apple TV too. I think you guys finally have a killer app. It's weird as well because like, like, um, 
when you when when you look at the Ted Lasso character, like he, it's just like a character that like had been yeah. a, appeared before, but and yeah, like and like sports, and you sketches. think like, oh, he's getting a show. You think, oh, it's gonna be you know another crappy comedy. They've you know expanded this character who's good in like two minute shorts into like thirty minutes. Mm. It's gonna be terrible, but it works. Like that caveman show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and yet it works because, again, it's the strength of the actor behind it, but also this real real focus in the writing to be positive and wholesome, but also very funny. It is a show that, like, basically it, it, it expects your own cynicism going into it and then goes out of its way to deflate your cynicism at every turn where it's like, ah, you know, no one, no one could be nice as Ted Lasso. There has to be something going on here. No, he really is that nice, eh, but he also has problems at home and everything. Oh, well, this this lady, his boss, there surely has to be a shoe to drop with him. Oh, it does, but then he forgives her right away because that's the character we built for him the, over all these episodes. The stuff when it was revealed that uh, the stuff with his, his home life, I'm thinking, oh, we're going to have a, a whole thing where, like, this woman married him and then, like, she didn't care about his job and, like, get mm. got mad because he's not always there. It's the, the, whole yeah, cop, yeah. the whole cop thing. But then they're like they're still friends and everything yeah. and they're just like they're like hanging out and whatnot and i'm like oh that's that's cool that's cool it, it's it's so good at zigging when you think it's gonna zag uh, yeah the the multi-general relationship between his boss and the other lady on the show there mm-hmm. is really freaking interesting because you never get to see that on television no. and i'm like wow you wow holy shit i was not expecting that from a soccer football sports comedy <laughs> but here we are yeah I, i'm looking forward to when that show gets a second season same i think it's same. getting a second and third season I'm sure it is because it was such a big, big deal. But yeah, Ted, Ted Lasso is great. Even if you don't think you're going to like it, even if you know nothing about soccer or football as it is, check it out because I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. It's all, well, it's well, all that's about the, That's like the characters. premise of the show as well. The, ca- the main character doesn't know about soccer or anything. Exactly. So if you don't know, it only helps. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what else were some good TV shows? God, there was so much good television this year. Um, I'm watching a show at the moment uh, called Your Honor, and mm, it's uh, it's uh, Brian Cranston. Oh yeah, I saw this on a uh, TNT. They were advertising. Yeah, this. it's it's so dang, damn cool. I don't really want to spoil it for you, but uh, Brian Cranston he's, he's like a judge, and um, yeah, his uh, son uh, ends up getting involved in like a hit and run, and his son ends up mm. like leaving the crime scene. And Ooh. this judge has to like cover for his son and like hide <laughs> this crime because, as we learn, the the guy he killed is the son of uh, New Orleans' biggest mob boss. Ooh. And yeah, he doesn't want his son to get killed by this guy, so he's <laughs> he's got to hide it all. And yeah, it's the the tension uh, in it, the right, just yeah. the tension that just keeps building over these episodes is just so good, and how the characters deal with all of this because they you, you would. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, you would figure it would have to be a really solid script to bring mm-hmm. Brian Cranston back oh, yeah. to television after Breaking Bad. Oh, yeah. I am. Yeah. I can see why he would want to come back to this. It's so it's different than than Walter White. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's just so fun seeing him play this character who, who, who wants to do what's right, but can't because of what <laughs> his son has done. But then he wants to help his son because he loves his son. And he's, he's in this, like, big predicament. And then his son is also uh, in a predicament because of what he's doing to his father. Yeah, yeah. Huh. 
Okay, I might have to check that out then. Yeah, I saw the trailers for it when I was watching AEW and they had like paid for a lot of ad space. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this looks kind of interesting. It's All really right, good. If it, gets, if it gets the Matt seal of approval, and I'll it's, have to check it, it out. And it's set in New Orleans, which not many shows uh, are. So you get like different, no. different like, like settings and stuff than you used I like to. That. Also, you get a big uh, tax break, I think, when you film in New Orleans. <laughs> Uh, what else we got going? Uh, speaking of a show that I think I've seen, but you haven't, uh, Woke on, uh, what is it? Another one of those. I forget. There's so many fucking apps now, which one <laughs> this was on, but it's really funny. Do you like black comedians? Do you like Nicole Bayer? Do you like Shashir Zameda? Do you like jokes about ta Coates? You'll like this. It's also weirdly about comic books too. Okay. So it's about a guy in, uh, New York. He's a cartoonist. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is there? Uh, who, who's he's one of those guys who's like, oh, my art isn't political. You know, he's very much one of those guys. Can't we all get along? Da, 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 da. And then he gets beaten up by the cops one day for doing absolutely nothing, and he gets awoken basically to the injustice of the world, and it starts affecting his work, and it gets deeply political. And his friends like, no, 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 you got to, you got to make the money first and sign the deal before you start putting <laughs> your politics. And so they can, the white people can still take it away from you, and they do. And he starts hallucinating. His pen starts talking to him and he starts hearing the voices of like all these really funny comedians all around him and it's just a very interesting premise the uh the dude from what is it uh, oh god what show is that uh he's the guy who wears the bear suit in the meme there for sure oh yeah uh, uh, i can't remember what his name is okay but you know the guy i'm talking about yeah. hulu yes thank you uh yeah he's in it too he plays one of his roommates and he's very funny the show is very funny nice I think a lot of people looked at the name of the show and didn't watch it, but you should definitely check it out if you haven't. It's really, really fucking good and weirdly about comics. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Fargo season four. Really like that. Seeing Chris Rock's a bad guy. I never watched any of the other Fargo seasons, and you don't have to. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That's the good thing about that show. It's all anthology-based. Every season's different. Kind of like, um, oh, I guess not really like um, uh, American Horror Story. They kind of tied all that back together, though. <laughs> Oh yeah, but this this was good seeing a lot of actors play against type. Uh, Chris Rock is a bad guy. Jason Schwartzman plays an Italian mobster, <laughs> which that was weird. They do a whole episode that's literally just a tribute to uh, Wizard of Oz because it all takes place in Kansas and everything. Okay. And it's like this is it's it's just weird and out there. <laughs> and there's like paranormal elements near the end. I'm like, okay. what the fuck is with yeah, this? Yeah, I think there was. There was a season as well. I think it might have been the last season. Yeah, where the or, or it might have been this one, where it's like aliens or something. Uh, this was ghosts. I'm 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 fairly certain there was like a, a Fargo season that like like alluded to aliens or something. Makes sense that it's all weird and out there. Uh, the lady who plays like the evil nurse ratchet character in this one is fucking amazing. Like yeah. this is literally just her show to steal. Nice. It's just like the most evil Minnesota woman you've ever seen now. <laughs> just just poisoning people and stealing their jewelry. <laughs> she she's really good. Again, I think the first three seasons are on Netflix, at least here in Canada they are. I hope the fourth season comes out soon because people should totally check it out. Awesome. Oh. Uh, uh did you have anything else or should I keep reading off my list? Um, I've been watching the Expanse. The Expanse came back uh mm. re- just a couple of weeks ago and been giving us episodes uh every week for its fifth season fourth season fifth season um and and, oh my god the show continues to be so damn good and just it's game of thrones in space 
Okay, because there's, I feel like there was a lot of high concept science fiction shows that came out all at once, and I'm like, okay, do I get involved in it now? Is it going to make it, or is it not? See, you say it's high concept, but it really isn't, like, I, I, I'm actually shocked at, like, you look at all, like, the different other sci-fi shows, and they lean hard into it, and and there is a sci-fi in this end, but it's, like, stuff that's, like, in our near future, like, all of the ships look like, like, SpaceX rockets, and, Mm. and, you know, they're not, like, you know, stuff in Star Wars or anything, and, uh, there's stuff like, oh, if, if you're born in outer space, you can never go to Earth, because your bones will break because of the different gravity, Uh. and, and fucking Gundam up in here. Yeah, and uh, this season's so cool. Uh, the, a space terrorist is throwing rocks at, at uh, Earth, and like, <laughs> they, they, oh, it's so cool. He's like covering them in like a, a, a paint that like gets past their senses. It's like a camo paint. Oh, wow. So, so these huge like meteors are just striking Earth and destroying huge parts of it. And uh, he's I love trying how to like, high and low tech that is at the same time. Yeah, he's trying to like um make it so that his his uh, people, the Belters. Uh, 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 free from from Earth's tyranny and and Mars's tyranny and all that sort of stuff and yeah it's it's like political intrigue and and just that sounds very anime yeah there's like um alien stuff but it's not like oh there's you know there's an alien it's like aliens as in we'd have it like bacteria and molecules and stuff mm. um which play a big part in it and yeah it's just so much fun. It's so good. The characters are really cool. Thomas Jane's in the earlier seasons as like a detective, uh, like a space PI who becomes like part of an alien race. I like that. Yeah, it's really fun. All right. I might have to check that one out now. Uh, oh, uh, Warrior on Cinemax, that show mm-hmm. based on the writings of Bruce Lee. I mainlined both of those seasons. It's God damn, good, eh? everyone was re- fucking kicks ass, this yeah. show. It's a Cinemax show, so it was definitely going to do that. <laughs> By the same guy who did Banshee. In mm-hmm. fact, Banshee is referenced a couple times in this show. Mm-hmm. That's the pub the Irish gangster uh, works out of. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a really damn good show. The, the, the fighting in it is so damn cool. Yes, it is. In fact, I will say what's super cool about Warrior is that, you know, if you've ever seen, like, a crime procedural before, a Sons of Anarchy, a Sopranos, where you, like, get to, like, ride along with a bunch of gang members, what is particularly cool about Warrior is that they can back it up by having awesome fight scenes where those shows never could because they were all character-based dramas, and every time they tried to do action, it was a little like, oh, we don't quite know what we're doing. Here you get the gangster procedural, and then kick-ass fight scenes will start. Yeah. <laughs> It combines so much. It is so good. And, uh, man, the cast is awesome, too. Just, like, so many stellar Asian actors. You're like, oh, haven't I seen them in something? Yeah, you probably have. (laughs) They got the dude from the original 21 Jump Street to come back as a villain. (laughs) How cool is that? It's pretty cool. Friggin' Mongolians. The cops are cool. The whole show is really fucking cool. Like it was the easiest two seasons I've binged all year. Yeah, it's it, it's it's damn. I watched the the first season when I originally aired, and then binged the second season after it had finished. And yeah, it's it's really damn cool. You uh, coupled that with um, uh, what was the show? Into the Badlands, which is kind of similar. Uh, it's oh, yeah? a bit more of a sci-fi setting because it's set in like like a like a future world where where there's like um uh like kings and queens sort of thing and there's like territories and they're guarded by like these uh these guys who wield swords and uh like fight kung fu and whatnot it's pretty cool series okay let me write that down i may have to check that one out now kung fu and swords i like it (laughs) 
Uh, a show that I probably watched this year, but no one else watched because I'm a fan of Ron Funches and Brian Posehn. Their uh, show on True TV, Top Secret Video. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this at all? I haven't, no. It's literally just comedians sitting down and watching funny, like, internet videos and, like, MST3King them. Okay. It's, again, I don't think it's going to get a season two, but I really enjoyed the fuck <laughs> out of it because I love Ron Funches and I love Brian Posehn and I love the new woman they have on that, too, who's kind of like the young comedian to, like, balance out the two old guys in the room. Mm-hmm. It's it's very funny. It's on True TV. You can probably find the clips very easily. It fills that, you know, America's funniest home video hole that I have not been able to fill in my own life. Yeah. So that's good. That's good. Um, I watched uh, Lovecraft Country. Yeah, okay, see, I haven't watched this yet, but I know you and Sal both watched oh, it. Oh, man, you've got to give it a watch. Oh, man, so it's I've heard. so damn cool. Uh, the premise is it's set in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it follows a family who are tied in with this uh, cult, uh, this guy who's tied in with a cult, and uh, it, it's got a, the backdrop of uh, they're doing the, the green books uh, for, oh, for yeah, the African-American yeah, yeah. people. Um, and there's uh, stuff with the uh, Tulsa race riots and right, and right. just all this stuff about um, slavery in America and mm. how African-Americans have been treated. And they tie that in with Lovecraft stuff because people, if people don't know, Lovecraft was kind of a racist. Just look up yes, the name was. of his cat and you'll figure it figure it out um yeah so, but so literally a lot of this show is kind of like reinterpreting kind of like taking it kinda, back and yeah, yeah. it, C- taking it back but also respecting it in a way and like they mm. they they reference all this like first episode right off about fucking cthulhu nice like like they they do all the all the all the uh, the show show goth stuff and and um all all like like hollow world and just like like you think it's going to be like a bit cerebral and then they're like nah man we, we've got a, a tunnel here that takes us halfway across the world in like <laughs> the basement of this house we bought oh and the house is full of ghosts oh okay <laughs> like it's just so fun and it's it's um jonathan majors who's going to be playing kang yes, um yeah. journey uh smollett who played black canary yes. um michael oh what's his name he was in the wire oh i'm blanking on his name oh i know the guy you mean yeah he's like the the, the abusive father and so killer cast yeah it's a great great show great show all right i'll have to check that one out that's definitely been on my list but uh, now that I've got two glowing reviews from both you and Sal, I'll definitely need to check them. You guys haven't steered me wrong yet. Uh, Harley Quinn, we kind of mentioned before. Uh, yeah, we got two seasons of that, mm-hmm. and it was fucking great. And I got to talk to the creator of it, and that's super dope. Mm-hmm. Uh, a show I think people forgot about, uh, Westworld Season 3, that yes. you and I really enjoyed, and I don't think anyone else watched. <laughs> no, I don't know why. This season was so damn good. It was. It really was. And, like, I felt smart for all the Sunday school I absorbed because of all the religious <laughs> allegories they were making about Riboom and man making God or did God make man and, you know, what is freedom? And freaking Vincent Cassell actually played, like, a really interesting villain who's like, no, to save the world I need to take away choice because choice leads to nuclear war and the death of my brother and everything else and this is the only way. Yeah, it, oh, it was so good. And I, I, at first I was like, ah. Oh, come on just just stay in like westworld like stay cowboys and mm. stuff that's really cool but uh, i'm like that's barely a thing here like we get yeah like it's, it's just aaron paul running around 
uh, in a Grand Theft Auto City. Yeah, in Grand Theft Auto City, where they have an actual app. They they have that Literally. that henchable app. I love that crime app that he has. Yeah, uh, and yeah, just uh, getting involved with um, uh, what's her name? I can't remember what her name is. Oh, Dolores. Dolores, that's the one. And Which then, he does almost by accident, but mm-hmm. again, you know, talking about, you know, free will and fate and everything else. And if you live in a world ruled by algorithms, that's another thing. YouTube basically rules this world and yeah. it's all dark and fucked up. Yeah, it's all based on like like your user rating and stuff like that. Yeah. That's why Aaron Paul can't get a job and everything. Because he's got a low user rating. And yeah, just a lot of really fun, really big ideas that they build upon. But yeah, I think a lot of people were just turned off at being like, there's no cowboys in it anymore, so I don't like it. We got more samurais, though. We did. We got and we got um, samurai, uh, like a really awesome like Nazi set world as well. Like That's World right, War II with, uh, what's her name, Maeve. Yeah, where everyone's just Casablanca all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Westworld season three, pretty cool. I really enjoyed it. I think we might be the only two, but it was good. <laughs> well, I, I, another show that I, I'm fairly certain I'm the only one who watched was uh, Ridley Scott's Raised by Wolves. Oh, yeah. I kept meaning to watch that, too. I saw the trailers, and I'm like, this looks cool. It's fucking weird, and but it's really cool. The, the premise is a... a um, uh, two androids have to raise a bunch of kids on a planet right like that that's all i can really say about it without spoiling much but it's it just gets so weird and like travis fimmel is in it and he plays mm. like a wheelie uh, like a weird like religious space knight and <laughs> yeah it, it's so damn cool it's so different like you think oh really this came from like ridley scott like really it's ridley scott and some other guy yeah, yeah, yeah. um who's like the showrunner and like wow this is this is really cool and like where was this ridley scott when he was making those alien films <laughs> for real a lot of a lot of hard dystopian science fiction this year matt you notice that yeah 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 there was that brave new world adaptation by grant morrison yeah yeah i never saw that either but i should probably check it out uh ooh, this year i caught up on pen one five which is just mm-hmm. cringe comedy gold yeah it is it's great a eh? If you love being uncomfortable, you will love this show. You love being uncomfortable and being reminded of how uncomfortable you were at that age? So beautifully topical. Because another thing I think people fail to mention when they talk about Pen 1-5 is like, oh, you know, it's a gross-out boner comedy, but from the female perspective. And that's what makes it unique. What makes it cool, though, is that it's also the ultimate 90s kid will remember time capsule. They're drinking Surge. <laughs> They're on a messenger. It's all there. <laughs> so it feels extra awkward because I'm like, oh, no, this was my childhood. Oh, no, they know me so well. Fuck. This show has my number and I don't like it, <laughs> but it's actually very, man, that final episode of season two when they put on the play as a kid who was a drama kid and who did both the stage stuff and the behind the scenes stuff. That is so fucking accurate that all the stage kids hated the tech kids and vice versa. <laughs> yep. It's, it's, it's exactly how it was because I was one of those tech kids. <laughs> Mm-hmm. it's my play no it's my play look you they wouldn't even be able to see you and hear you if it wasn't for me as someone who did both in multiple years yeah i've been on each <laughs> side of that confrontation but yet at the end it all comes together and it's all a beautiful dance because that's what it is because we're all working together and i'm like holy shit this show captured what it's like to be in a play <laughs> did uh did you see the two uh ladies behind that who are the adult stars of that show playing their younger selves that they were in an episode of big mouth this season oh really 
They were, because the joke is is that people have been comparing those two shows forever because they deal with a lot mm -hmm. of the similar subject matter, so they just got those two actresses to be in this show. And I'm like, that's funny. <laughs> that's cool. And it's them deconstructing the show they're on, and I'm like, oh, that's pretty funny, actually. <laughs> Uh, what else? Oh, Stargirl was this year. We both loved Stargirl. Oh, that, uh, talk about like a year of like wholesome dads. Very. Uh, this is the year of the wholesome dad. Like between Pedro Pascal and Luke Wilson. Mm. Yep. Like we're pretty short up for wholesome dads. <laughs> for real. Tell me about it. Ted Lasso, also a very wholesome yeah, dad. Yeah. <laughs> we can throw him in there too. But yeah, Stargirl everything about it works it's everything that's great about the comic and also extended to make like an actual real show about it yeah it, it just works so damn well like you think like introducing star girl stripe justice society the villains would would mm. be too much for a show but it just worked so well everything was like paid off uh, we, we got set up for like a season two everyone's likable yeah everyone yeah you like everyone even the villains yeah, I know, right? The show was incredibly humanizing and three-dimensional with the villains. Yeah, the villains who had, it, like, quite a topical plan as well. Very. We're going to make America great again. No, but not in the racist way, make America great again. <laughs> We're just going to literally try and change everyone's minds so they're not selfish dickheads anymore. <laughs> Which, goddamn, you look at this now with people not wearing their fucking masks, and it's like they should have let High School Junior do what he was going to do. <laughs> <laughs> Also, they had Shining Knight, and Shining Knight was great. Yeah, he, oh, he was he was fantastic. Well, uh, once Justin became became the knight again, it was so good. And he's gonna go look for his magic horse and everything. Yeah. I'm like that's nice. I like that. Yeah, I can't wait for season two of that show. It'll be interesting to see what that show becomes because it looks like they thought they were only gonna get mm -hmm. a uh, one season. Yeah. Shit, Joel McHale was really good in it. Yeah, and usually I don't really like him same they used him to great effect here <laughs> uh what else do we have this year uh rick and morty season four but particularly just the loveness episodes which were the latter half of the show like the acid vat episode i don't think i've watched a rick and morty since like season two i've been like completely put off that show that's funny uh well here's the thing you don't have to watch most of season four just watch the stuff that was written by comic writer jeff loveness because they were the best ones i have to imagine they would be he's a really good writer he is and i think he's gonna be writing like the next ant-man movie so that makes sense yeah he is it's got a good eye for weird science fiction uh the boys season two way better than season one so good it is so good and so this much is bigger very much so. This is the season where I'm like, okay, this isn't a fluke. This show is an actual real contender now. And does my comic watching heart good to see so many people, like, really adopt the show and really fall in love with it? Mm -hmm. So that's good. Uh, what We Do in the Shadows season two, again, <laughs> just so fucking funny. Just, so, just good, just good, just because of that Mark Hamill cameo. Ugh, everything about that. And Jackie Daytona, the character who will live in our hearts forever. <laughs> Who I'm pretty sure our friend Kirk, yeah, Kirk is actually is, yeah. Jackie Daytona. <laughs> Kirk is 40. He told me that. I'm like, fuck off. No, you're not. Yeah, again, he's, like, no, he's really, Jackie man. Daytona. <laughs> he's Jackie Daytona. See, he said 40, but he's really 400, and we don't know. <laughs> That's the little lie to back up the big lie. So funny. Guillermo really grew as a character mm -hmm. this season, and I cannot wait for season three now that his secret of basically being a vampire hunter <laughs> is out of the bag. Yeah. 
Guillermo, it means guillotine. <laughs> it really does. Uh, movies I'll go through quite quickly. I'm sure, again, we have a lot of crossover in this one. Blood Quantum, super oh, badass yes. Canadian zombie movie. Much like Warrior, showing that you can have a very topical, meaningful, socio-political message and also kick fucking ass all the time. <laughs> uh, Onward, which was the last movie I saw in theaters. Oh, wow. <laughs> before everything went to hell. Yo, do you like Dungeons & Dragons? I like Dungeons & Dragons. That's basically <laughs> that, That's it. what this show is. <laughs> More or less. Uh, Borat subsequent movie film boy did I not think the Borat sequel would not only be good but actually be really good oh man yeah I didn't think especially since everyone was like wise to him but I like that they included that as part of the gag yeah it really works the actress playing his daughter is amazing and I think will be the next big comedy star off the back of this mm-hmm uh, the Invisible Man, yet another one of the last movies that you could actually still go see in theaters. You can see, yeah, and then, yeah, that was, like, one of the first films that kind of got released, like, a little bit, like, quicker yes, than usual. Man, Blumhouse, I hope they keep doing cool reinventions of, like, classic Hammer horror movies. I hope they do them as of this quality. Just because Absolutely. I know, like, like, like Blumhouse is, pretty, it's, it's like a fucking makeup shotgun. It just yeah, like it goes it goes everywhere, and sometimes it's good, and sometimes it's set to whore. Yeah, sometimes you get something beautiful in this Invisible Man. One of the best takes on a monster movie I've seen in a long time. Absolutely. Uh, the Outpost. I'm not much for war movies, but there was two really good war movies this year, and The Outpost was one of them. Yeah, that, <laughs> I I saw that movie, and I really liked it. But like, I saw saw someone talking about it on twitter so i looked it up and i saw the trailer i'm like oh wow this looks like one of those like really cheaply made war films where they went uh, out the back of like california to like some branch right. <laughs> and just like started shooting and it's like oh it's got actors who are in those type of films oh, oh right, wait right. no this is actually pretty damn good i like they sold it with orlando bloom we have orlando yeah, bloom yeah he, he's only like in it for like five minutes <laughs> yeah that's what really like made me question because like recently he's been doing like a bunch of those like He's trying to become like the action star, like Steven Seagal right. sort of thing. So he's done a bunch of like <laughs> shitty like action films. I'm like, Naturally. oh no. <laughs> this this one does a great job of making you feel claustrophobic and like you're actually mm-hmm. getting shot at. Yeah, which yeah. I really enjoyed. And the cast is so likable that you very much want to be involved with them. And it's also one of the few very rare war movies that I think actually does manage to be apolitical and not actually have anything to say about the war outside we need to survive this thing we're in right now. Mm-hmm. But not actually making it weaker. On the other end of that, we have The Five Bloods, which is probably, uh, was again, Chadwick Boseman in one of his last few performances. Yeah, yeah. The, this film, uh, I, I knew what I was getting into because it's a, a, a Spike Jones Spike film. Lee. Spike Lee, sorry. Spike Lee. Spike film. Jones, yes, Spike Jones. The, 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 the very Spike, they do, very different, but also very the same. They both make really damn good films, but just one's like used to hang out with the jackass people. Indeed. <laughs> um, and one I, and one yells at LeBron James. <laughs> that he does. That he does. Um, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. This this film was really damn good. I liked it. It, it was it was it was different than what I thought it was going to be. It was same. It had a lot. 
going on because on one hand it's almost like that simpsons episode the flying hellfish where we all got to come back together <laughs> yeah. to get the hidden treasure but it's also talking about american politics and american geopolitical impacts mm -hmm. on places like vietnam and how they shouldn't and have been there and yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it's a heist movie, and Chadwick Boseman is here to, like, kick a bunch of real history that you probably didn't know. And, again, he's only in the movie for about five minutes, too, but he's fucking great in it. And the fact that they literally film him like he is Jesus yeah, <laughs> is really fucking sad. Defy Bloods is great, everyone. If you haven't seen it or if you're one of those people who are like, ah, oh, Spike Lee hasn't made a good movie in forever, you will like this one. It's very good. And just see it just for Chadwick Boseman. Exactly. Yeah, you got to see all of them now. Uh, I really enjoyed Hamilton because, as I said before, I am a musical theater nerd, and I loved that this got to come into my house this year and that I didn't have to spend, like, $500 on tickets in New York. That was pretty good. Yeah, this was, like, my first, like, exposure, really, to Hamilton, and I, mm -hmm. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's very fun. Again, if you don't like musical theater, even if you don't like rap music, trust me, you will like this. It is a weird, like, peanut butter and pretzels thing where it's like, oh, this is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Also, you will now understand why people love Lin-Manuel Miranda and why he is getting tapped for, like, everything under the sun because he is just that versatile. Yeah. Uh, some documentaries I really enjoyed this year. Uh, you Can't Kill David Arquette, the wrestling documentary where you're like, wow, David Arquette is actually way more insane than I thought he I was. I still got to find that documentary somewhere and watch that because you, cause you told me about it when it first came out and I really wanted to see it. <laughs> I, uh, I have, uh, what is it, uh, a thing of it I may have to actually send you, because it's very fun, and again, even if you know nothing about wrestling, it is very interesting to see this rich, famous man in his waning days decide, not only do I want to start a new dangerous career of wrestling, I want to do deathmatch wrestling and almost <laughs> die. Yeah, I saw like the trailers and stuff to it, and it's just some of the stuff he's been doing is just insane. It is. It's completely. And the fact that he goes into it like half cock as, as like a joke. And when more and more people make fun of him, he's like, I'm going to show them. I'm going to take this seriously. And he does. <laughs> uh, Class Action Park, which we both saw and we both yes. really enjoyed. Yeah, that, that, that was really damn good. I was been, I've been waiting for that documentary for a while just because I've been hearing stories about Action Park for years. Mm -hmm. And it just sounded so insane. Yeah. And it, this, and it literally was. It was some rich insane person maniac using the local kids to test out his his insane in engineering constructions it's like you may have seen the uh what is it the johnny depp movie that this was based on uh action park but trust me the real story is even crazier <laughs> and i had seen the defunct land episode too they did on it and the documentary is really really solid it is yeah yeah the defunct land i'd seen that um since their stuff is really good but yeah the documentary yeah, goes into a bit more detail yes very much so you, you learn a lot from it uh ooh, a documentary that you recommended to me and i enjoyed quite a bit seduced inside the nexium cult that was that was a that was a ride <laughs> shit shit's fucking wild i got stars on amazon just so i could watch that and yeah shit shit's wild bro like you think you've seen every cult documentary you know where this is going you don't. And also, comic book connection, that girl from Smallville was one of the main ringleaders in this. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking branding people. What? You were on TV. What? <laughs> uh, Marvel 616, I thought was really good, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was really damn good. I binged that all that like quite recently, actually. I hope they make more of that. I hope that becomes a yearly thing and they do a second season of that. Yeah, I, I get, again, like... 
I didn't know had come out until people started complaining about all that Dan Slot stuff, and then you watch yeah, it and you're yeah, like, yeah. really? This is what you're complaining yeah. about? You're complaining about people working? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, McMillions, again, from HBO, talking about how the mob was involved mm-hmm. in rigging the frickin' the, the uh, monopoly. monopoly. <laughs> yeah. They were going to make a film this... about that with Ben Affleck, and it never happened. <laughs> This this documentary was so my jam because it combines two of my favorite things, fast food and stories about the mafia. True crime, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, seriously, you could not have made something more for me if you tried, but they did. <laughs> uh, Soul, which we mentioned before, came out just under the wire for 2020. <laughs> Very good. Good good old Pixar. So I got two Pixar ones in there. Did uh, did you have any movies before I move on to games? Because um, games is going to be very short. I saw... it. I guess you could kind of, as a movie, it was cut up into three bits. It's called Blood Machines. It's on Shudder. Um, I definitely yeah, suggest good, you... Good I, rem- I highly recommend it. It's like a trippy space opera. Um, nice. How can I explain it? <laughs> uh, in this world, spaceships have souls and there's okay. people that like try and take these souls and it's 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 about these souls being set free and turning on people taking them it, it it's really oh. hard to explain you really need to experience it it's it's a ride it is a ride yeah that sounds like a hell of a concept i like it yeah and the, the special effects are goddamn awesome so is good is it funny in a year where so many apps came and went and struggled shutter actually really found its own identity and apparently if you just find one niche and do really good with the fans of that niche you can actually make it yeah yeah i like shutter shutter came to australia this year and i ended up buying the subscription i've watched like quite a fair bit on it it's got like a little something for everyone yeah we we talk about the failure of quibi one of the biggest (laughs) failures of this year but i think more people should be talking about the success of shutter and being like no learn from how shutter made it work because they're just laser focused we do horror we do cool indie stuff that you couldn't get anywhere unless you were at a festival they gave us blood quantum too Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so like more people should do that just get laser focused on one thing and let that be your thing not everyone can be netflix or amazon or anything and you don't have to be as well exactly be be your own thing have your own identity uh all right so my video game list is incredibly small because i'm an old man who didn't get to play near enough hades how good yeah. how good was hades hades is damn awesome i'm stuck on the third boss though <laughs> I, it's it's stupid hard but it's the good kind of stupid hard like it it, it hurts you but only because it loves you yeah <laughs> the character designs are amazing the music is great the just you know just playability of it like it's the most playable video game and i got it on my switch Mm -hmm. and i loved having it on my switch because i literally took it everywhere and played it everywhere for like a couple days yeah it's it's a simple game you've got like like three buttons you use Mm -hmm. i think and yeah it's just it's just that and you do it and it's like rinse and repeat but it doesn't it never gets monotonous or anything you're never bored there's always something to spice up there's like obviously like the multiple paths you're like oh well i went this way before i'll go this way in a in a year defined by so many like disappointing triple a multi-billion dollar games I love the idea that we all agree the best one was this little, like, half an indie thing that was, like, an early <laughs> development for, like, ever, mm-hmm. but that they fine-tuned until it was a goddamn diamond. Yeah. So, yeah, that's some good shit there. 
Uh, again, I got a lot of use out of my Switch this year. Crown Tundra, the Pokemon DLC. This is the year Joel got back into Pokemon in a big way, and fuck yeah, that was good shit. I still haven't played... I still I don't even own uh, Sword or Shield. I still haven't played them. I keep meaning to, but other things get in the way. <laughs> I know, I totally get the feeling. This, this was one of those times where I'm like, I was very happy to pour some hours into this because literally sword and shield a lot of the fans were mad at it because they're like oh it's the first one on a new system and it's just nostalgia yeah i know i've been away from it for 20 years thank you for the nostalgia hit i'm totally back in now you did your job (laughs) (laughs) uh what was the other one here i played a lot of animal crossing this year which i think everyone did this was the first year i picked it up because that was the beginning of the quarantine and it's like well i need something soothing yeah i can't go outside for real i think everyone picked up that game i did i picked it up and i haven't played it for a while though same i don't like i think like a lot of people Where it's like, let me try this. Everyone seems to be enjoying it, but apparently my brain just isn't built that way. To be like, what do you mean I gotta come back once a day? What do you mean I gotta do (laughs) all this other stuff? But uh, for those first couple weeks where I was into it, oh, oh, it was magical for that time. And I will always remember. (laughs) I'll always remember the time we spent together, Animal Crossing. Uh, then, of course, Last of Us 2, AC Valhalla, and Ghost of Shishima, which I know we've all been playing, too. Did you play anything different than me, Matt, that you'd want um, to talk about? I've been playing Miles Morales, uh, Spider-Man. Lucky. Uh, it's, it's, it's so good. It's, it's like this spot like the original spider-man game um obviously we've got miles here with different move sets with his uh venom uh strikes mm. and uh the way he swings and everything with the with the exaggerated swagger of a black teen <laughs> you beat me to it i was gonna say how exaggerated how teen do you feel man very very exaggerated um <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's really fun. It's got a great story. Um, I I really enjoy the story uh, involving. Um, I'm not I'm not going to spoil it for you. I'm not going to spoil it for you. Um, no, but it's, it's a great story. I like that. It's like it's basically like a continuation of the first Spider-Man game because it picks up. It's a little bit after that, and um, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the Peter goes away and Sp- and Miles takes over for a little bit, and then they come back, and we, we we're going to obviously get Spider-Man two after that um yeah it it was it was really fun game to just come back into this world and again playing it because i got the ps5 version uh playing it on a a console where it it, there's like no load times it's 60 fps with ray tracing Mm. is just amazing it's just so good the chat is also filled with other games i meant to play and still probably will at some point doom eternal uh what is it freaking uh some of the other ones there they mentioned oh uh final fantasy remake part mm-hmm. one that was great a lot of a lot of other stuff i keep meaning to play and probably will just couldn't sink all the time into at the <laughs> moment uh they brought up the avengers game hey i enjoyed the avengers story mode when i played it and then it was over and then i had no reason to touch it I, it's still collecting dusk on my computer i just recently played um uh the kate bishop stuff in it, and kate bishop's really damn good yeah Oh, did uh the uh what is it outer uh, uh the, the outer the, worlds the f- outer worlds was that this year? Yes, I'm not sure. I cannot remember. Well, <laughs> well, if it was outer worlds, is really good. I know they had DLC recently, but apparently it wasn't like super big DLC, so I never got around to it. Yeah. 
but it was good. So there you go, everyone. That's everything we liked in 2020. Everything we distracted ourselves with. Everything we, we can remember we, we distracted ourselves with. I'm sure there's other stuff that we just can't yeah, remember because the year... Oh my god! It's a big long fucking year, and yeah, tell me about it. So we hope you enjoyed this. This one got to be like an extra length episode. It did. So, so you know, don't don't say we were ever. Uh, what is it? Uh, what is ever sticking you on episode content? But we'll start bringing this show to an end, and we'll be back again next week for more good stuff. We will. The future state starts. Yes, very soon. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So Th- this sure this week we we get the first first wave of it. Oh, really? So, what is it? Frickin' uh, Death Metal isn't even done yet. No, we're already starting Future We get Death Metal, we get Future State, and we get Generations. Oh, all on the same day. Yep. And and High (laughs) Republic is starting, and oh my god, I'm gonna be so fucking busy. (laughs) Never fucking... I don't even know if I'm gonna cover Generations now that they say it's not connected anymore. I'm like... They say that, but I I have a feeling that it probably is, mainly just because most of the writers on it are like writing stuff that's going to be in like infinite frontier and mm, generations <laughs> well you'll you'll be the judge of that for me matt so thank you everyone for watching and listening as always we really truly deeply appreciate it and we will be back again next week with more comic multiverse goodness for the rest of the year that is 2021 <laughs> hopefully it'll be a bit better of a year <laughs> we can only hope all right everyone Bye-bye. bye 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 everyone